Blog Talk Radio. There is nothing more intoxicating than the meld of emotions and sensations that is Friday night. Friday night is the sound of that crowd, the pride of that community, the way that that grass smells. I've never felt in my adult life the way that I felt on Friday nights. That's what those kids are playing for. They're playing for that emotion. They're playing for that brotherhood and all of that sensory input that comes from Friday night. That's why they're playing high school football in this country. It is this common thread that weaves through the American fabric. Whether you live in Compton, California, or you live in Appalachia, if you played the game at the high school level, you have this common bond of representing that community. Anyone who disparages where the game is based on myriad reasons, I'm not buying it. I'm around the game every day on these campuses. I see the impact it has on these young men. I see the way that these coaches are able to grow high school boys into NFL or professional men, and it's just beautiful. Sunday afternoon, everybody. The final Sunday in July. Who would have thought it would have gone through as quick as it has here on the 25th day of, well, July, Sunday. Beautiful. Six o'clock. It's time for an all-new Southern Sports Central. We are coming to you live from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios right here in Somerville, South Carolina. I'm Rich Yelvin alongside, well, the coach, Eugene Benton, who has just gotten back from well, another camp as he went up there, or at least practice, if you will, in the capital city in Columbia, South Carolina. Of course, uh, Friday, oh boy, Friday, we're hitting the road, and we will be in Charlotte, North Carolina. We'll talk more about that camp coming up uh, as we cannot wait. And just think, we're probably going to be on the road Thursday night, which that means it could really be an interesting show coming to you live from, what, a few different interstates between here in Charleston and, of course, Charlotte, North Carolina. So without further ado, let me bring in the other side of Southern Sports Central. Coach, what's the word? Man, glad to have you back home safe. Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, <laughs> so I call a little bit of that poison oak up in uh, Tennessee. Um, kind of my fault, and I'm going I'm to blame Spencer's hands, too. Uh, he was in the room above me, and so I tossed him a ball up uh, to the second balcony. So he could catch because uh, it had gotten. I was uh, treating the ball. The toss went up, went off his hands and rolled down the ravine. So he and I uh, rappelled down the ravine, and I got a little poison ivy. So today I took some Benadryl on the way back from uh, Columbia. Kind of knocked me out for a little bit, but back up, ready to roll. It was a great day, man, and it was really cool. Um, I know some of the people saw the things on the news. They had a uh, feature special. Um, did a great job with Channel Two over there, and uh, John Barron, the new sports director who was actually a kicker himself. Uh, he was a four-year uh, full scholarship kicker for Savannah State and then played for the Argonauts. Anyway, he's uh, the sports director at Channel 2, and he came out and kicked some balls, did a feature on Spencer. Uh, when we got up to the Coles today, uh, you know, the national guys gave uh, 
pitcher some love in front of the group and hitting that 59 yard field goal it was a big day for him but um you know we were up there fine-tuning we only had this uh training session and we only have one more um on the schedule before the season starts and then you know the the coals part of it's going to shut down until there's one more as a kind of a mid-season tune-up supposedly mid-season but that's in october and uh yeah, it's crazy to have all that winding down, man. We've been everywhere the past seven months from uh, Atlanta, then down to Bradenton at IMG, Columbus, Ohio, Charleston, Orlando, uh, all these trips to Columbia. So these guys, you know, for, for the for the schools of the guys that I train and, and work with, man, they should be ready to go for their uh, high school teams. You know, if, if the season hopefully kicks off, right now it looks like September 11th would be the first day. And, I really think these guys are going to put up big numbers and, and good punts and, you know, find yourself uh, or find themselves needing to punt the ball off and kick off. Man, I really think these guys are going to produce for their teams here in the low country, and I'm really excited to see them um, suit up. I know some of the guys are, are excited. A couple of them are starting to work out more and get some helmets this week. Uh, I talked to a guy up in North Carolina. Uh, his team is kind of in, in limbo. He said he's actually the principal of a 4A school and, and a coach on that team, and uh, his son's a kicker, comes down and trains with us. He's uh, in Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, which is home of Campbell University. And, you know, he said, you know, their county is actually quite low. But the problem is you go one county over, and they still got some pretty high numbers, and they're at the mercy of not only the, their uh, high school league up there but the governor. And right now he said, you know, they're just kind of in the holding pattern which stinks for their school because, like you said, you know, they have really low numbers. But, um, you know, and I talked to a guy in South Georgia today, uh, same thing for him. You know, their team's actually been practicing some, and they're kind of ready to go. Right now it looks like they're going to have, like you said, the, the, this guy, this coach told me, you know, that they're told every week, you know, stay flexible. It may change. But right now they're ready to go. Um, talk to the Hilton Head Prep uh, kicker uh, from here in South Carolina, uh, Trevor Weldon. He was a guy that was uh, pushing the, the guy I trained for, you know, the best in the low country. And, you know, the Hilton Head Prep's part of Skiza. They've been practicing, you know. But yet, then, you you know, look around the room and there are a bunch of guys that, you know, this is their practice is kicking with the coals and, and their, you know, individual trainers. So, everybody's kind of itching to go and hoping there's football. But, um, you know, these guys, like I said, this was their next to last final tune-up before the season, man. We're ready to ready to kick some balls, man. Hopefully put up some points, make some good punts, and kick some balls in the end zone on kickoff. Really excited about what and looking forward to what they can do on the field. Of course, Eugene, uh, getting kind of into the conversation as if the high school league here in the state of South Carolina, if their proposal sticks and everything goes through, we could see football in about a month from, uh, uh, what, the 15th. I think sometime in September is when they're looking to get that kickoff and get things going. Of course, special teams doing special things over there with uh, Eugene and the Low Country Kicking Academy. That's, uh, you know, his little prodigy, if you will. That's, uh, you know, the thing that he brought along to Southern Sports Central along with himself that we can all put this stuff under the umbrella to help us reach out to these young athletes. Because it was, I mean, so many times these young guys, they look at these combines, they look at these camps, and they go, what about us? What about us? And I know there were some guys in the upstate up there in the Spartanburg area. I think they added in late. Uh, some of that special teams, but nevertheless, giving these young guys a chance and girls a chance to do what they do, and that is, of course, uh, you know, work under pressure. That's what the kickers do uh, on a regular basis. Now, uh, don't forget this Friday, July 31st, we're going to be up there in Charlotte, North Carolina. We'll be there early. If you are registered, you've already gotten the email, and I do know that they are bringing you guys in, in groups. So wide receivers will show up. Defensive backs will show up. Quarterbacks will show up. 
everybody's got a time frame. And if I'm not mistaken, parents, I think you're going to have a, a space outside of the area. They're going to try to do the best they can to be a socially distanced, but yet productive, right, responsible. And uh, we're going to give you all the coverage right here on Southern Sports Central throughout the day. Eugene and I, you know, we will have a table set up, but I got a feeling, Eugene, you and I will do a lot of walking around. We're going to possibly put a few other guys. Matter of fact, I know for sure two other guys are going to join us as well. So we're going to do a lot of walking, so we'll get our steps in for sure. And it'll be a great time. We'll get some pictures up over there at Southern Sports Central on Facebook. You can follow us there and on Twitter at SO Sports Central. So more to come on that because at 6.30, one of the gentlemen who is, uh, well, quite frankly, does an incredible job working with wide receivers and tight ends. He's part of that EPT football group that we've had on here with a lot of these coaches. But this is his specialty, and that is Coach Bobby McAllen. He will check in with us at 6.30. He's also going to be at this camp on Friday. He's a mentor. He's the VP, by the way, of the EPT company over there, that uh, Coach Ramon Robinson and a few other coaches that have joined us right here on Southern Sports Central. Uh, again, working on gaining relationships, partnerships, going together in the right direction in a massive group. I like to call it the NWO of the sports world, if you will. So looking forward to having Coach McGowan's in here with us at 6.30. Then at 7 o'clock, we go back to Hanahan, South Carolina, where the Hawks, new head coach Art Craig will join us at 7 o'clock. Coach Craig, of course, spent over 25 years in this league as a coach. If my numbers are correct, most of that, I think all of that, possibly could have been at Timberland, not any longer. He decided to take his talents over there to Hanahan. He's actually going to be playing over against Oceanside in a uh, Bishop England's and a few others that should be a very interesting matchup because those are a lot of great teams in that region here in South Carolina in 3A football. But we'll talk to Coach Craig, who's in Berkeley County, by the way, and these guys have not stopped playing football or practicing football. So there's excitement there. There are very few counties. We like to say there's a lot of dry counties. And, no, when I talk about dry, I'm not talking alcohol. I'm talking football dry. And uh, there's a lot of dry counties not practicing at all and some that have yet to practice since even March, right? So this is not one of those schools. This is not one of those counties. So Coach Craig will join us here at 7 o'clock, top of the hour at number two, to talk to us about what's going on at his school, what's happening in Berkeley County, and how does he like what could be. We'll get into that at 7.30. Excuse me, at 7. Then at 7.30, we go to the upstate. The bus takes a road trip all the way to Greenville, over to Greenville High School. We'll get in with head coach Greg Porter. That's right, Greg Coach uh, Porter going to join us to talk about his guys, what's been going on. I believe those guys are shut down. But we have yet to check in at Greenville High School, so we'll look forward to talking to these guys about what's going on in the upstate, what's happening with the program, the outlook, and uh, just everything in general. And we'll be excited to grow another school under that fold of Southern Sports Central. Now, if everything else works out on the best, on the up and up, going into hour number three, we're bringing in one of the number one men in the state of South Carolina, ranked by 24-7 sports. He is a defensive tackle with multiple offers, but he's narrowed it down to about six schools. And that is, of course, uh, Big T. If you know the man from Gaffney, it's Tyron Ingram. Mr. Ingram will check in with us at 8 o'clock, and that should be a big interview in more ways than one. Hopefully the time will permit for him. I know we've got a lot going on, but if he can call in at 8, he will, and hopefully we'll catch up with the big man and see how he's training, how he's preparing. I know there's a lot of teams wanting him. He's narrowed it down. 
I don't think it's done deal yet. If you look at his Twitter handle, he's got Georgia Bulldog gear on. But, again, hey, until that final day, anything can happen. Now, throughout tonight's show, you can call in, and you can check in with us the broadcast. And even if we have a guest, come on in, hang out, and we'll get to you as soon as we can. The number to call in tonight is one three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. Give that number to you one more time if you want to call in and talk some high school football. Maybe there's some college football. Whatever you got on your mind, we want to hear from you tonight. The number is one three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. We're excited about all the progress and all the growth we've had right here on Southern Sports Central with all the road trips we continue to take. We got a lot more in the books, and we're of course uh, looking forward to the Friday road trip up to Charlotte, where we'll give you an opportunity to interview not just the guys in the state of South Carolina, not just the guys in North Carolina, because guess what? I know for a fact there's some kids coming from Texas. There's some kids going to be in town from Virginia. It, without a doubt, is going to be one heck of a party and a great opportunity for a lot of these athletes to see talent, not just in their backyard, but backyards all around. We're going to take a break. We come back. Eugene and I will talk about some of the headlines that have happened between now and our last conversation until Of course, that day, we'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere, guys.
Welcome back, everybody here. Our, of course, number one as we're getting into tonight's show. I want to welcome you guys in here for our Sunday night edition of Southern Sports Central, coming to you live from Somerville, South Carolina, right here, of course, uh, at the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios. Again, if you're looking to get a good workout, you're looking for the guys and girls to get you in shape for whatever it is that you need, then, of course, uh, you can reach out to them by the phone by 843-573-7391. Now, if you're in the low country and you're looking for the factory over there in Hanahan, South Carolina, it's located at 5913 Loftus Road. And uh, I'm telling you, whatever you need, whatever you got in your mind, they can definitely put a work plan in place and get you ready for uh, the upcoming month of August. It's going to be one of the hottest months that we focus on here in the state of South Carolina. Eugene, of course, uh, it's been a little bit of a quieter weekend. I did see the guys in the Sumter area of about five different high schools all got together on Friday, all got together on Friday. It was five different schools. I was kind of looking for that article actually during the break. And for these young men to go to a, a facility, which would be, uh, like a rec department, five different schools, and all work together is is amazing in itself. Now, I understand that, that we're all down and out right now because we don't know if they're footballers or not footballers, this or that, but you're seeing some good come out of some of the tough, or, or to some would be the bad, right? Even here in Somerville, I can tell you on behalf of Fort Dorchester and some Ashley Ridge kids and some Berkeley kids and Somerville kids, they've all worked together at one point down here in Charleston, down here in Somerville. I've seen it firsthand. I've helped firsthand with uh, the action over there at Gahagan. Uh, Ford, of course, is uh, led by Coach Otis over there. He's done a great job. And I say coach now. He's not a coach on the staff at Ford Wichester. He's just one of those life coach guys. He's a guy that lives in the neighborhood and uh, helps on him, loves on him, and picks him up when they fall down. And that's what happened over there. Now, over here, you get, of course, uh, myself and uh, a guy that looks like a, a smaller version of uh, Bill Goldberg, uh, Coach Schauber, who is uh, Ron Schauber's father. And I got together and got a lot of the Somerville kids together. Here comes uh, some kids from Berkeley. Here comes a quarterback from Ashley Ridge. And, and to me, and, and coaches, let me, under, let me know if you hear a little bit. Eugene, I want you to chime in on this one too because, you know, I, I understand there's maybe a coach here and there that may not have liked the fact that, that you were working out with this, that, and the other because you might have worked out with another team or another player, whatever the case may be. But to me – and being a guy that's, that's been in a situation where I had to answer to somebody that, that was a lot bigger than the game of, of college and, and high school, right, as an agent, you, you work with the guys who are under that umbrella as well. And you, they could be on the Dodgers and the Giants and the Rockies and the Braves. They could be whoever. But you're getting that workout together. You're in the same vision mode at least. And for me, going down to the high school level, you know, these guys may compete during the season, but right now there's not a lot of competition going on, and coaches aren't working these kids because you can't work them, I and I get it. But if you got somebody in your community who's willing to put in that time, right, then I, if I'm, look, if I'm a head coach, I'm like, look, do me one favor. Hydrate, 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 and hydrate, but make sure you stretch as well. Now go work out. And that's what I would tell a guy, Eugene. What would you say if you were a head coach and you found out one of your guys are – Heck, six or seven of your guys might be working out with uh, a couple of other dudes from some other teams. Yeah, you know, and actually I was surprised by this. You know, well, typically well. in the past, um, you know, you've had the, the coaches get upset about that, you know, for quote-unquote, you know, fear of uh, recruiting. And I know that's an ugly word, especially around the high yeah. school levels. But I really haven't heard anybody griping because I've seen kids, like you said, from multiple high schools out with a trainer or, or someone that they – 
you know, trust to work with or, or some, some guys, you know, kind of pitched in and hired a guy, you know, to come in and work them out and train them and run them and this, that, and the other. And I really haven't, you know, fortunately, you know, for the love of the game and, and because it's such an unusual time, I haven't seen any gripes of kids working together, you know, from, from opposite teams. I mean, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're definitely not out. They haven't been out sharing playbooks. You know, they've just been out trying to get some work in because, you know, it's been hard with no gyms open and, and, and no spring right. practice and no summer practice, no summer conditioning. You know, the, the weight rooms were closed. So, you know, fortunately, I think a lot of coaches are just happy seeing their their guys are getting out and getting some work in because otherwise, you know, they'd just be sitting at home on the couch and that's not helpful to anyone. So, yeah, I, I just I, – thankfully, I haven't seen any complaints about that. I just, you know, I think guys, you know, coaches are just happy the guys are out, you know, doing some type of uh, workouts or football-related activities, trying to keep in shape and, you know, so that when they do get their hands on them in a gym or a weight room or on the field, you know, the guys aren't so far behind. And no doubt about it. And, and you know, the end of the day, of course, you, you know, you want your guys all together. And, and for me, you know, I enjoyed watching that firsthand down here in Charleston, down here in Somerville, watching three rival schools. It's that, that triangle, right, that triangle of, of the fort, Ashy Ridge and Somerville of, uh, of rivalries there, right? And you see these young men working together. And, and, and to me, it almost helped out that they were coming from different schools because they challenged each other. Even though a season is questionable, but the, the, the pure challenge and the competition is always in check is always in check, especially when you get to the fort in Somerville. There's a very deep-rooted conversation that's always had. And, and I watched a lot of these guys, and, and they really did. I thought a really great job after that first initial coming out because, you know, again, some of these guys, when they first did this, they didn't see their brothers in, in, in a long time, March. So they got that out of their systems. We separated them with whistles and threatened to give them up-downs until we got sick. And, of course, we weren't doing up-downs. But what it did do is it built uh, an automatic opportunity for us to say, look, here's the thing. If you stay in shape, you don't have to get in shape. If you continue to do the things, that you don't have to worry about relearning the things. And then when these coaches do call you back, and they're going to call you back, you're ready to rock and roll. You're ready to get after it. You're ready to grind and do all the things that you got to do. Because there is going to be a time when you're going to get called to go to work. And when you do, you need to be prepared. And the cool thing about it all and, and the three coaches, uh, the, the guys that stepped up as coaches, if you will, you know, we all sat there and, and we pushed the sled with them. We ran the fire drill with them. We did the things with them. We showed them by example. We, of course, not. We weren't as in good shape as maybe some of these other kids were. But, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. You know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it just to be a part of it, just to have an opportunity to get these kids together. But to see that up there at Sumter with those four or five kids and hashtag we want to play, I get it, guys. Y'all want to play, and we want y'all to play. Southern Sports Central, you know, wants to cover you guys, you know, week in and week out. Of course, Eugene and I, we got gigs on Friday nights that we're going to be in stadiums ready to rock and roll, do what we do best, and that, of course, you know, cover those games of high school football. That being said, we are ready to roll. But it's got to be the right time, the right place, and everything's got to work together. Now, we understand, and we're not going to get a whole lot into this because that's what's yeah, again, we, we said we were going to leave that high school decision with the Lexington one plan for the most part in last week. But we also understand that, remember, the governor of the state of South Carolina made it very clear about a month and a half ago, maybe a month ago, that if we did not get control of the situation, he would not allow football to happen here in the state of South Carolina. So that was college and high school. 
So uh, while the numbers are continuing to be what the numbers are, we're not getting in the numbers. I'm done. I'm almost to the point where, like, look, either we're going to play or we're not going to play. But the concern that I have is that the longer we drag this thing out, and I'm not going to use the phrase kick the can or, or, or drag the bull or whatever it is that we're doing here, the more concern I have with the health of these young men and women, because there are a few ladies that know how to play some good football on a Friday night, are not going to be physically prepared to, to, to get ready with the heat exhaustion that's going to come with this. Again, these trainers, I tell you what, you want to talk about a, a busy season? How about the trainers of the state of South Carolina and everywhere else in the country? These guys and girls are going to be working their behinds off. They're, the, the student trainers are going to be working hard. It's, these are the guys you never see, right? You never see them because they're up under the walls and they're sitting there taping them up and getting them in and out, getting them hydrated. But even last year, even last year when we had a ton, and I mean a ton, of, uh, of practicing and getting it in and spring ball, there were still kids and cats that were dropping. Like, like it, was, it was unbelievable in week zero, one, two, and even into week three. That's got to be a concern, Eugene, going into this thing. If we don't put a staple on this thing when they finally sit down, when they finally meet together, and, and we don't get things together. And I do know that August 3rd we're going into 1.5, which, again, I, I get it. But nevertheless, I, I understand where they're trying to get it, but we just got to get it to wherever it's going to go. Yeah, no doubt. And I got to give a shout-out to uh, Coach Evan Gates. He's the uh, head strength uh, coach over at Oceanside and also a good buddy of mine, uh, Scott Yerkeson. He's the head trainer uh, for football over at Oceanside. Uh, what I saw firsthand being as you know on staff last year was it was kind of the, the year two with Gates uh, – and also with Coach Scott running the um, the training aspect of it is, you know, when we started playing teams all the way up until the last game of the regular season with Timberland, um, you know, the other side, you know, there were so many kids going down, cramping issues and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, Oceanside just didn't have that last year. And, uh, you know, when, when we got into the, the end of the year meeting, that was one of the things uh, the trainer uh, put down in, in his end of the year review was, you know, that Coach Gates said that got those guys so prepared from uh, strength and physical and stretching and flexibility standpoint that his job was made so easy. And, of course, when you got to review, what uh, Coach Gates said was that, you know, the trainers did such a great job managing temperatures, managing hydration, managing this, that, and the other, keeping guys healthy, treated, everything else, and back on the field. You know, uh, we just didn't have that injury issue, nor did we have the cramping and hydration issues that we saw on the other side of the field. And, you know, sometimes it makes a difference in a game if a star player, because um, I do remember playing Timberland, and a couple of their star guys kept going down with cramps in that game. And that right. game was won by, I think, about 11 points. You know, it was a shootout. It was something like a, a 49-40 to 40 or a 49-38, something like that game. You know, and it was just, you know, it, it was running up and down the field all night. And, uh, you know, so so you're right. These, these uh, strength coaches and, and – and, and trainers, God bless them, man. They got their, they're already behind the eight ball starting out this season uh, with what's normally a difficult job. You know, they don't have the yeah. type of equipment like the big D1 programs have or even D2 programs have, much less, you know, the professional leagues. So, and then, uh, you know, already hamstrung with the time constraints. And then when kids do start, it's in August, which is the hardest yeah. month in the state of South Carolina to put on pads and helmets and run around in the heat of the day and things like that. And, you know, we'll see how it goes because, you know, they start breaking out those wet bulbs. And, you know, I know you mentioned that before. I actually, you know, had worked with Coach Scott firsthand, and I saw that wet bulb in action. 
when it hits at certain degrees, you know, shoulder pads come off. When it hits another certain degrees, everybody's inside. There is no leeway in the state of South Carolina on that. The head coach has no say-so. The trainer can pull them off the field, and the head coach can like it or lump it, but that, they're getting off the field. And I've seen that firsthand. You know, it's, it's going to be tough because August is a hard month in the state of South Carolina. As we know, it's already been, you know, one of those summers. It, 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 we started out with a cool June, but, man, the oven got turned on to brawl real fast, didn't it? And no doubt about it. Here's a couple of things. First of all, there's 12 charter schools that are still practicing and haven't stopped. Uh, once they got things back up and running, there's about another dozen schools around the state of South Carolina. So give or take 24 schools. And again, give or take 24 schools that are practicing right now. There's about 320 schools, give or take some numbers there, that are located in the state of South Carolina. So there's that that was that rumbling. But then the coaching, uh, I, I would say, fraternity as well right now as far as you got 24 dudes over here doing it, doing it big. You got these other dudes not moving. I mean, stuck in the mud type stuff. So these 24 will be in a lot better shape than these other. You figure out that number. We got to go to break. Coming back, we're going to the upstate. I believe one of the best in the business when it comes to coaching wide receivers in the tight end. Coach Bobby McGowan is going to join us, I think, from the upstate in Greenville. We'll find out. He's joining us right here on Southern Sports Central. Guys, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Sunshine 
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yellman alongside Eugene Benton, coming to you live from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios right here in Somerville, South Carolina. We now take a road trip to the Temp Farm Hotlines. We go where I believe the coach is hanging out in the upstate. Coach Bobby McGowan checks in with us. Up. What's happening, Coach? Hey, not much, Coach. How are you doing, Richard? We're doing great, man. Getting you in here. Ramon sent me a text last week said, man, you got to get this dude in here. I said, well, no doubt. I want to get you on. But we talked to one of your guys, man. We talked to one of your wide receivers last Thursday up there in Greer. Man, this kid is the real deal. And watching these workouts that you put him through, I expect these guys to continue to get better and better, Coach. Might have lost the coach. We got you there, Coach. <laughs> We're breaking up just a little bit right now. Coming to us live from the upstate of South Carolina on the Tim Farm Hotlines. We're uh, trying to get this connection in here with Coach Bobby McGowan. Yes, sir. He, of course, is, uh, with uh, EBT Football, and uh, he's the VP. Yes, sir, Coach. Go ahead. Okay, yes. Yes, just glad to be on. So talk to us a little bit about the program. We've had a lot of the guys over there with you guys uh, in the EPT football program. Of course, you're the VP, you're a mentor, you're coaching the wide receivers and the tight ends. You keep watching a lot of dudes get better, but we see a lot of these dudes getting better leaving the state of South Carolina, man, not becoming a Gamecock, not becoming a Tiger. Uh, I want to kind of get your thoughts on watching these athletes continue to kind of fall out of the state. Well, you know, uh, as a trainer, uh, we try to stay out of, you know, trying to, you know, push guys to certain places. We want them to make the best decisions for themselves. Uh, my job is to make sure they're prepared for that level and um, for them and their families to make the decision regarding where they go. It, 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 it is something that I really want. I really would love for those guys to all stay in the state. Um, but we've got to be realistic because sometimes, in-state schools just don't uh, create the type of environment sometimes that's conducive for them in terms of their development or just system or or style of play. So um, just like being a parent myself, you just got to do what's best for the, the child individually. Yeah, no doubt as we're live right now with one of the best in the business, especially when it comes to uh, getting wide receivers and tight ends better. Coach Bobby McGowan joins us from the upstate, part of the EPT football group up there. Of course, he is the VP. He's a big-time mentor. And, Coach, the reason I ask you that question, not only do you coach the kids, you mentor these young boys, and you see them day in and day out of their highs and their lows. And like I mentioned, we had one of your wide receivers who I believe is an up-and-coming junior just getting an offer last week from Oregon, had one from LSU. I think about everybody in the country is looking at this big kid. Tell us about him and some of the other big dudes you got running routes and catching footballs for you. Definitely have a, a, a stable of really talented players right now. Uh, Jalil Skinner is one who has a lot of upside. He's a big, fast, um, explosive athlete. Um, he's physical, and right now we're just trying to develop his intermediate route running, um, just trying to get him quicker at the line of scrimmage, being able to get in and out of his breaks quicker and, and just make those explosive plays that he's going to be able to make because of his God-given talent. Live right now in the upstate, checking in with one of the best in the business when it comes to training wide receivers, tight ends with the EPT group. Coach Bobby McCowan checks in with us over here at Southern Sports Central. Coach, you've been doing this a long time. Uh, we got to find out. Let's get the backdrop on you, Coach. Uh, I know you played uh, in the levels of, of course, uh, in the college levels and a little bit beyond that as well. But 
Tell us a little bit, who is Coach McGowan for those who are introducing you today for the first time? Well, Coach McGowan is a, a graduate of McDuffie High School, where the great Larry Nance attended high school. Uh, McDuffie was a high school that closed down in 1996 and became the e-campus for him and Westside High Schools. Um, and then I went on to play football at Clemson University under Coach Ken Hatfield. Um, Coach Ken Hatfield was a was let go uh, into my freshman year, and Coach Tommy West came in, and uh, they moved me to linebacker at, at the point where he was uh, taking over as head coach. And then I transferred to South Carolina State where he was able to play football and basketball. Uh, and then after that, I played four years in the Raider Football League uh, for the Arizona Rattlers, Portland Force Dragons, and the Oklahoma Rangers. I got a chance to play for one of the best head coaches in the Raider Football, Danny White, who used to be the head um, the quarterbacks for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and then after that, I, I got into education as a teacher. But right before that, while I was still playing, I coached wide receivers and tight ends at North Carolina Central, which is a Division II school in Durham, North Carolina. So um, from that point, high school coaching, um, school administrator, and uh, I trained on the side. You know, and it gives me a lot of satisfaction when I'm able to work with some guys who might not be quite where they need to be in terms of skill development and we're able to take them to levels to, to allow them an opportunity to attain their goals as student-athletes at the collegiate level. And just like that, a five-star resume from the one and only Coach McGowan, who, of course, checked in with us from the upstate, part of that EPT football umbrella, where these guys are the real deal. We've had the quarterback whisperer. We've had the DB, of course, uh, connection there. Now here we are with the wide receivers and tight ends. i got to ask you, how close do you and Coach uh, Robinson work together. I know he's the quarterback guy. You're that tight end wide receiver guy. There are a lot of times, like this Friday up there in Charlotte, you guys, do y'all get an opportunity to work together with some of these most outstanding quarterbacks in the state, working with some of the best wide receivers and tight ends in the state? Yes. Well, first and foremost, me and Ramon, we're, we're best friends. We've been best friends since middle school. Uh, so we go way back, um, and we, we tell our trainees, we, we used to train together. So he was a quarterback, and I was a receiver, running around, running routes. Then we used to have DBs that we would go up against. But that competitive drive and fire started really early for us. And uh, that friendship has continued to where we're now uh, developing and mentoring kids in the upstate of South Carolina and surrounding counties and surrounding states. Um, so on Friday, we'll get a chance to come together with, with our quarterbacks and receivers, get together to go, be able to go against the defensive backs. Um, and we're looking very forward to that. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for uh, student-athletes to showcase their abilities uh, with the live stream where college coaches can view that. Checking in right now, coming to us from the elite position training, also EPT. If you break it all down, uh, of course, he works with the wide receivers and tight ends. Coach McGowan's checking in with us for the first of many. Coach, I'm definitely looking forward to having you on as much as you can throughout the season to help us break down a lot of things that we're going to be watching on Friday Night Lights. We're going to ask you a lot of questions. And, of course, with the history you got behind you and the things you keep doing here and all the stuff going forward, uh, we look forward to growing this relationship with you. And we'll be there broadcasting live on Friday. So I look forward to having you back on the radio and shaking your hand and thanking you for all that you do, not just on the field and in the homes, but it sounds like in the communities and classrooms as well, Coach. So thanks for all that you do. Now, you've been working with receivers. You have been a receiver for a long time. Has this position changed in, in, in 
the tight end position, I feel like it's a position that's not used as much as it should be with the size dudes that we got playing year in and year out. Coach, your thoughts on both of those? Well, I think the tight end position specifically has become a position that is used at different levels. Um, At the pro level, they're used to be a 50-50 run blocker and pass catcher. Sometimes in the college game, they're used as a flexed-out receiver uh, in the slot or sometimes taking advantage in a goal line situation where they line up outside against the smaller defensive back. It just depends on the, the scheme. It depends on uh, the, the spread and whatever type of offense they're trying to implement. Um, but it's a position that if you've got a guy who can eat up space, who can be a vertical threat down the seams, who can make big plays and has a, a 50-50 type of range to, to go up and get balls and be able to get in and out of breaks. It can be an advantageous position for a big playmaker with some speed and size and hands. Live right now checking in with the, I would say, the tight end and wide receiver whisperer. That is Coach Bobby McGowan checked in with the Upstate report up here coming to us live, of course, on that. Hit Farm Hotline. Coach, uh, wide receivers running routes, doing things the right way. I see a lot of wide receivers that are really good because of the size, but you see their route running abilities, and they're able to stay on the lines that are well drawn for them in the play. You know, it doesn't seem to be quite as big as it used to be. You see these gloves now that are like pine tar, where they can put their hand in the air, and it's almost like catching flies. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about, you see these young men, how they have a little upper hand, and I, I just don't see as much athleticism not in your guys, I'm not saying that, but I am saying across the board on Friday nights when I cover, I see just a lot of guys just running, not really running routes. Coach, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, and that's why I feel like skill development is, is so crucial because when we're in training, yeah, I might get a guy for the first time that you've heard a lot about in terms of their overall production at the high school level, but then when you get them in the training, you realize how many things they're missing in terms of the understanding of the game, how to be able to beat an opponent at the line of scrimmage, how to utilize your hands, how to utilize and attack the cushion of what we call cutting the grass, the space between you and the defensive back in order to get on top. Um, And then at the top of the break, being able to use a variety of type of the break, one, two, three steps to be able to beat your defender. Um, And just a lot of things like that, stacking that defender, getting over the top, making making a play at the high point of the catch, not allowing the ball to drop in. So it's all, all kind of critical things that Sometimes receivers just don't know unless uh, they're learning from someone that's been there. Hey, Coach, this is uh, Coach Eugene. So er- earlier we you mentioned uh, the super talented Skinner, and, you know, we talked to him and all the schools has offered him. Give us some other names, maybe some surprise names, guys, you've been working with, you know, maybe in the upstate or, or around South Carolina that, you know, you you think, you know, this guy's going to break out this season. This guy's going to make some noise. You got any guys that's kind of stuffed in your back pocket there you think is going to bust out this season if they get to play? Well, I'll be honest with you. I've got some really talented guys. Um, I think one of my favorites is probably Jaleel uh, Dean. He's one of my favorites. He's a 2021 who just committed to Tennessee Tech, and they are getting a, a tremendous steal with the, uh, out of the class of 2021. He's a strong, big, great hands. Um, explosive athlete who is becoming a great route runner. He's tough. He uh, he just makes those tough plays. Uh, I really believe that uh, some high division one power fives are going to miss out on him because he's just developing a little later. 
than uh, maybe some of the other guys, but he's one of my favorites because of how much he's developed over the course of one year. And then you got guys, another commit, UNC commit, J.J. Jones, who's a tremendous athlete, uh, still trying to work on the nuances of the position uh, in terms of being prepared to play on day one once he enters UNC Chapel Hill. And some of the 2022 guys, uh, like the Adam Randall from Myrtle Beach, um, you got the Jaleel Skinner, uh, Ed Greer, who's been offered by a lot of people. You've got Dak Twitty out of North Carolina, who's a 2022. Uh, all three of those guys are big body, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, guys who are space eaters in terms of using their bodies to shield the defender to make crucial plays in traffic, or they're beating people over the top by people not realizing how explosive they are down the field. Um, and then you've got a guy at BHP named Tyler Fields, who's a 2021 slot receiver who's going to be asked to play quarterback this year uh, out of necessity. But he is one who is quick, fast, explosive, a Walker-type uh, athlete who, who plays in the slot, creates space, gets open, makes the catch because he has excellent hands. So you just got a lot of guys who have that type of ability. And last but not least, you've got guys like Elijah Kelly out of Greenville who's coming off an injury who is a 6'4", <laughs> 6'4", athlete who's got like a 7-foot wingspan who can run like a deer. Uh, he's, I feel like he's going to have a, a big breakout year coming off an injury. Uh, I expect uh, the big boys will start jumping on him to offer him very soon also. That's actually where I was going. I actually went to high school uh, with his daddy. And uh, everybody knows, a lot of people know his daddy. Obviously, you're a Clemson guy. Uh, back in our day in high school, he was Keith Kelly. He, uh, you know, we went to the state championship my senior year. Uh, he was a uh, year, he and Antoine Neesmith, who went on to Carolina, were a couple years behind me. But it was, uh, you know, that, that uh, wing T kind of offense. And uh, Keith, it was Keith Kelly back then and uh, Antoine Neesmith. And they kind of rushed us to the state title game. We ended up losing to Union. And then they won it the next okay. year, uh, beating Hartsville. That's what I was, I, I wanted. I wasn't sure if he trained him, but I know his head coach at Greenville is going to come in. And you know, yeah, he did battle back from that uh, knee injury. He's also a basketball mm-hmm. player and a fun. I was telling Richie last night a fun fact about Elijah. You know, when he played AAU basketball a couple of years out in Vegas, mo- most people don't know, but he went head to head with Bronny, and uh, he actually put up be- better points and shut down Bronny in a basketball game. I'm not sure if you knew that as oh. well. I did not know that. Wow. That's impressive, definitely. But, uh, yeah, he was a 6'4 guy, like you said, long wingspan. I know, you know, his his mom also ran, you know, he gets his speed from his mama because she ran mm-hmm. track for Clemson and daddy was a <laughs> running back and, and it's fast in his own right, you know, who had offers at Florida State and Clemson and other schools. And, you know, it really it's funny how it came down to it because the guy grew up a Florida State fan. They signed – Florida State signed that running back out of Battery Creek back in the day. And uh, he went on to do big oh, things yeah. at Florida State. And uh, Keith ended up at uh, Clemson and did really well for himself. But, you know, I've been watching Elijah since middle school. And, you know, he's a little lean guy. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, Daddy can put some meat on his bones because he's kind of a thin guy. But he sure is long and lean and can jump out the building. Oh, yes. He's definitely an athlete. He's a bouncy athlete. Uh, and I saw him last week, and he's starting to fill out. Those shoulders are becoming a little broader, and he's starting to look really, really good. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about his development. Yeah, no well, doubt. Right now, stayed up there, of course, uh, with the uh, one and only Bobby McGowan's, and he's mentioned a lot of dudes, and I hope that you heard everybody he used 
there in the lineup because he mentioned a lot of big names. And the young man, hopefully, Eugene, you heard him talk about the guy from Texas Tech, Coach, because I'd like to get him in here. You mentioned he's a class of 2021, and there was – I'm not going to call the, the, the company out that said that we, didn't got, we don't have any dudes over here in South Carolina coming out of this 2021 class. But, boy, they sure fell asleep somewhere between Georgia and North Carolina. It must be, right? Because I see a lot of guys coming out of this class going to do some big things. Yes, definitely. We've got some talented guys in the 2021. Maybe not as deep as in the 22 class, but some very productive guys that are going to make some colleges very, very proud programs in terms of their production uh, once they complete their four years in those programs. Now, Coach, let me ask you this, uh, and, and I'm kind of curious uh, you're, you're, if this is a possibility. I would love, and, and I talked to Ramon about this, and, and of course that big DB guru uh, who's also going to be up there, who takes care of the secondary up there, and we've got uh, a couple of guys down here as well, but I would love to get that EPT group down here in Charleston. And I'll find you a field. I just want you to come down here and work with our dudes. We got a lot of dudes down here that, you know, they, they, they could use some good love. And not that they don't get it, but I say take as much as you can get and make the most out of what you get, right? So I would love the opportunity, and Ramon already knows this, to get you guys all down here. We'll, we'll make a weekend out of it. They just opened up a hall shop house. I ate there Friday night in Somerville. We go down there and eat, man. We'll have a good time, and then we'll go to work on Saturday and Sunday. And you know what? We'll, we'll pack it up and, and, and get everything rolling at the evening. But – I'd love to get a chance, uh, depending on what happens with the season, to get you guys all down here to Charleston. Oh, man, I would love for that to happen. So you, you go ahead and get that ball rolling. I promise you we'll be in the <laughs> low country ready to train to spend some great quality time with you guys. Well, we got a lot of good dudes, and they got a lot of great coaches. I'm not saying that at all. I am saying that, you know what, if we all, all on the same page of it, doing it for the kids, shouldn't we all work together? To push together, I mean, I've always learned that one plus one is two, and two is always better than one, right, Coach? Yes, no doubt. Well, it's a goal of mine, and it's a to be able to build those relationships with our high school coaches and other trainers. Because again, just like you, like you echoed, if it's about the kids, we should be able to get along. We should be able to work together. We should be able to teach what the high schools are doing, so that we can implement to help that transition for our athletes and for our high school programs. So I've been on both sides. I've been a high school coach. Now I'm a trainer. Um, I'm an educator. So I'm all those things. So I want us to be able to work together and do what's in the best interest of our student athletes. Checking in with a final few minutes here with uh, one and only from EPT football over there. He is the vice president of the company. He's also a big time mentor around the state, around other states. Uh, The one and only coach Bobby, the guy who's checked in with us is he works directly with wide receivers and tight ends, but he's currently, of course, uh, looking forward to a big day coming up on Friday in, well, Charlotte, North Carolina, where they're going to be doing some big things. We'll be there with them as well. One final thing, and I'd like you to have a chance because so many times you, you kind of just mentioned something, and I echo this down in Charleston on the airways from here to wherever they're hearing us from wherever they are, is that you got to embrace these trainers, coaches, Coaches, you have to embrace them. Trainers already understand. they got to embrace you as well, all right? This is a team effort, right? We preach together. Everyone achieves more. Well, we got to practice what we preach as adults to these young kids. Because what's the old saying? A kid doesn't care what you know until he knows how much you care or something like that, Coach. I mean, to me, yeah. that's something that, that, that I'd love for you to kind of talk on is maybe if you had a high school coach listening to you right now that says, you know what, 
if he goes to this guy over here, he's going to just do this, 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 and that. And, again, you said yourself, you've been on both sides, so you already know where I'm going with this. But I'd love to give yeah. you a voice and opportunity real quick to speak to some of our high school coaches around the state. Well, this is, this is my stance on it. I think uh, sometimes you have some trainers who uh, don't send the right messages, and you have some high school coaches that don't send the right messages uh, to, the, to the trainers. We need to work together. Uh, we shouldn't be pointing out uh, they go to this trainer and this trainer screwing them up, or this high school coach is screwing them up. If if there's a technique issue, let's get together. Let's let's try to figure out what the problem is. Let's just let's try to fix the technique problem. Let's work together. Let's communicate. Let's collaborate. And if we can do all those things, our student athletes are going to be better. Our high school program is going to be be better. So at the end of the day, it's about our student athletes. We need to make sure we're collaborating. We're working together. We're communicating just to make sure that the techniques are being taught properly and not to be throwing anybody under the bus. Um, we're, we're all working together. We're communicating to make sure that that's happening. And we don't allow our ego to get in the way of the development of our student-athletes. Coach, I couldn't have said it any better myself. And for a guy that's played baseball in the college level, I played football all the way up to a certain level as well, of course. But baseball, I knew, was kind of my cash cow, if you will, I coached travel ball back in that day when before I decided that, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of done with it. I want to do this side of it. But I always worked with the coaches where they played at. I always talked to the parents. I always had that conversation. Look, if he threw some on this night, I don't need him throwing over here because at the end of the day, it's a bad look for all of us. But at the end of the day, it's a worse feeling for this young man who's going to always pitch. If I say he can throw, he'll throw. Why wouldn't he throw? He's, he mm-hmm. won't be the baller. He's an athlete. So, you know, I appreciate it, Coach. I do appreciate all that you have done, all that you're going to do, and all you continue to do. I look forward to meeting you on Friday, of course, with our team. We're going to be up there Thursday night, I believe, the plan. And I think Coach uh, Ramon and I are, are going to catch up. So I think we all may meet up on Thursday. Hopefully that's the plan. But uh, for those who may need to get in touch with you, maybe there's a tight end and wide receiver, how do they find you, how do they catch up with you, and how do they get in touch to uh, get some extra work in? Yes, they can definitely reach out to me on Twitter. At Coach McGowan's um, at eighteen one eight, Coach McGowan's M C G O W E N S one eight, and on Instagram, Coach McGowan's. Uh, so they can reach out to me that way. They can DM me, and I can send them my contact information. Uh, but I am going to ask you, Richie. Uh, I've got four guys, college guys, that I'm I'm really excited about this upcoming school year, and I think we're going to have four guys that are going to have big seasons. Uh, we've got Sam Pinkney. A receiver at Georgia State, um, coming off a great freshman year. We've got Demarcus Gregory, who is about to have a breakout season at Ole Miss. Braden Galloway at Clemson, one of my tight ends. I think this is going to be his year coming back uh, from being off last year. He's excited. He's pumped. He's in great shape. And Jalen, uh, um, Jalen Calhoun at Duke, out of Southside High School, had a. Uh, Made all rookie teams last year, and he's probably ready to have a great sophomore season at Duke. So, uh, viewers, listeners, be on the lookout for those four guys that have great years this year. Man, I love it, Coach. Thanks so much for your time tonight. You gave me 30 solid minutes. I'm going to ask for more. I'm just a selfish guy. So, anytime you got time, I'd like to get it, man. So, come on over. You can even, you know, and, and I told Ramon, if you guys want to put something together, man, we'll we'll give you guys an afternoon, and you guys can do a show you know, you can guys can call it what you need to, and we can have some fun. So just uh, just kind of let me know what you're thinking. Real quick, Eugene, I know you had something. I want to give you a chance to ask the coach before he gets out of here. 
Yeah, Coach, you mentioned Pinckney, and I remember Pinckney because Pinckney was a senior the same year that my stepson was a receiver and led to state in receiving yards. Now, he came out of Greenwood, is that correct? Wasn't he at Greenwood High School? That's correct. Yes, sir, that's correct. And he was a long, lean guy. When you were training guys like that who were kind of running that offense, and, you know, I mean, productivity, he he was very productive, but but in that offense, you know, he's putting up, you know, 600 yards or so. Uh, You know, for guys, you know, who feel kind of maybe – uh, receiver especially because in South Carolina there are a lot of wing tees and option offenses and you know how do you get them to showcase their skills to get them to that D1 level when you know they find they look at stat sheets and I know I know stat sheets and I know what they don't tell but when you got guys on stat sheets and they're kind of middle of the pack or lower of the pack just because of you know the offense they're in how do you how do you promote those guys to the next level and get them you know kind of out there recruiting wise and get them showcased well I think that's why the uh, training is so critical because you can train a kid up, coach him up, and then send him to a showcase, and now it's on him to produce. Now, but case opportunity, he's not able to show what he can do. So that's why the showcase opportunities are so important. Going to these college campuses at these junior days, these these whatever camp days, and then also going to these different Under Armour, Nike, Adidas camps, all of these camps are so critical in their development to be able to showcase what they can do when they can't showcase that within their their, their offenses at their high schools because of the scheme. Um, so there's always opportunity for them to go out to the showcases, showcase what they can do, but making sure that they're trained, coached up, because their development has taken place and, and been prepared and, and they've been They've been, they've been developed so that they can go to that showcase and, and just showcase what, what they are and what, what kind of player they are. All right. I appreciate you, Coach. Coach, uh, Coach, we appreciate everything. Thanks again for the time you got in here. Of course, Eugene, I know uh, you had to get that in because he had to, again, we, what we do, Coach, is give you guys an opportunity to come in here and, and talk about not only what you do, but I think the messages that we're able to allow you guys to not just tell your testimony, but to reach out to, to, so that these other coaches can kind of, hey, look, we're all on the same playing field, whether we're in a radio booth, a TV booth, down there on the field. We're all going in the same direction. We might be in different cars, right? But we're car pulling oh, yeah. in the right direction, Coach. No doubt about it. And I appreciate the opportunity to uh, come on the air and be able to speak with you guys and talk about some very important topics that pertain to the exposure and uh, giving our student athletes an opportunity to showcase what they what they're made of to give them the opportunity for a free education. Coach, it's all our pleasure. Again, we'll see you if not Thursday. We'll definitely see you on Friday. And anytime, I mean anytime, you got time. I'd like to have some of it right here on the air because we just kind of scratched the surface, peeled that first layer of the onion of what you do. So the next time you get a chance, make sure you reach out, and I'll reach out to you here probably after the show to have a conversation as well, Coach. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Thanks for your time. Y'all have a great day. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The one and only, of course, coming to us from the upstate of South Carolina. He's part of the EPT group and around the great state. of not just South Carolina. These guys cover it countrywide. Wherever they need, they go and handle. Of course, uh, that is the wide receivers and tight end side of the life over there for EPT. Coach Bobby McAllen, you hear he's actively involved in the school. He's also actively in the communities. He's on the football field. It seems like wherever there's something going on, he wants to be a part of it, and we appreciate guys like him because they do it, and you would be surprised the hours and hours 
And I say it again, hours that these guys put in. Again, we will work together at Southern Sports Central to bridge the gap, to bridge the community from the upstate to the lower state and across the country as uh, we're very fortunate to get to do what we do. We do have to go to break. We'll reset our number one because it is now time to head back here to the low country, and it's heading to Hanahan High School with the one and only Art Craig. Coming up next, the head ball coach for the Hanahan Hawks. Guys, don't go anywhere. Man, oh man, hour one is in the books. Here comes hour two, and we've parked outside the front door of Hanahan High School with the one and only, well, second time we've had this coach in here coming in representing the Hawks is Coach Art Craig. What's up, Coach? How's Sunday afternoon in Charleston treating you? Nice and hot and steamy, as always. <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and ask you before Eugene jumps in. How's the fish biting, man? I know you got to be fishing. You know, uh, I mean – it's not bad. It's just that you have to go, you know, right now you either got to go be in the water by 6 a.m. or, you you know, you got to be fishing at 530 because in between that, there's just, it's just too hot. But it's been good. Uh, catfish has been pretty good. Uh, Brim's been doing pretty well. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's steamy, man. It's steamy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's always fun having you guys in here. And, I mean, the coaches as far as it goes because – Everybody sees you on Friday nights on the TVs or here on the radios or reading in the articles. That's just one of the many things that you guys do. We got Perry Parks up there in the uh, Columbia area. He's becoming quite the golfer. I'm only imagining that you're getting some sponsorship from the Bass Pro Shop or something because you're the fisherman of the group over here on Southern Sports Central. So uh, it's just fun to get a chance to know you and your players outside of the game of football because it's a lot bigger than just the game, right, Coach? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, I mean, obviously, you know, and hats off to Perry for being a golfer because I, I started that uh, several years ago and realized real quickly that why am I paying $40 to get mad because because uh, I hit a ball 100 yards straight and 100 yards to the left, and then I figured out that I can go buy a whole tube of crickets for $3.50 and, and have a lot more fun, but... Those golfers, I have a lot of respect for um, with that. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, right now, everything, you know, we're just, you know, with us at Hanningham, we're just excited that, you know, Berkeley County is still allowing us to, you know, spend a little bit of time with our kids, you know, and uh, kind of playing this waiting game to kind of see where we're going to be with football. Now, of course, you're taking over the program after spending so many years in Timberland, right? I mean, I know that uh, it was a shell shock for a lot of these guys because not only do they used to seeing Art Craig run the sidelines with uh, Timberland, they've also – a lot of those guys are Patriot fans, so they had to watch their quarterbacks leave them as well. So it was kind of a double, double-edged deal there. But nevertheless, uh, I know Hanahan's excited to have you there uh, running the Hawks football program. Uh, what's it been like? I know Berkeley has not shut down. You guys are one of the few counties – that has been able to take advantage of the low numbers, which, by the way, today coming out with coronavirus, it is one of the lowest numbers we've had all month. So great job, state of South Carolina. But over in Hanahan and in that Berkeley area, Coach, you guys have uh, – y'all been doing it, man. You're, you're handling business, so you guys are practicing. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've got to – you know, i got to give a big shout-out to, you know, Deion Jackson and, and, and our, you know, administrators and – 
and uh, you know everybody associated with this. You know, we talked I talked with Dion a couple of weeks ago because I I saw him coming in after one of our workouts, and I looked at one of my coaches and I said, "Oops, here it comes. We're about to get shut down." But no, nah, he he basically you know had a good real very good point of view. He felt like that you know as long as we're handling our business and doing what we're supposed to, that it's probably better for our kids you know, to be with us for a couple hours a day. Because uh, if they're not with us, where are they going to be? I mean, you know, they're going to be out and doing things. You know, so, um, and I've been pleased, man. Our kids, our, our attendance has been steady. You know, we had a couple of weeks there right after the fourth when this spike got really big that, you know, our numbers were down a little bit. But last week I was extremely pleased. Um, the effort our kids were giving, our coaches, um, you know, and, um, you know, you know, you had this big boat going through here a couple, you know, last week, and you know, it was a part of me going, hey, maybe it's better to do that. But realistically, looking at the at the shape our kids are in right now and, and how they're working, it, you know, if that allows, it's not going to hurt my feelings at all if we get to get to play football in the fall. Yeah, I figured a lot of you guys are ready to play. I'm ready to play. Quite frankly, I'm, I'm running out of things to do. You know, I went out yesterday <laughs> and realized that Somerville just opened up, and we, you know. And I don't know the right terminology, but it's where you take an axe and you throw it like you're throwing a dart to the wall. Right. They have actually opened right. up a place down here in downtown Somerville during the COVID thing. So we've got some good coming out of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, uh, I'm just, like I said, really excited just because, you know, you know, being hired in, in late January and spending about a month and a half with your kids and then being shut down and now getting to, to go again, I've, I've, I've been able to – work on those relationships with those kids. And, and you know, with the way we look at our numbers, about we, we're figuring about 90% of the kids that we feel like can help us win games has been regular attendees, you know. And, and we've had several kids um, not miss a single workout, you know, four days a week. So, um, and these kids, you know, they've really kind of, kind of put it, put it out there and, and, and which makes me even want to, you know, be there even more because you just see the effort that they're given, um, and how much I mean, how much improved they are. You know, we ran 40s uh, Thursday last Thursday, and uh, very pleased with some of our our young kids, especially. Um, but our but I just I, the the effort that our kids are given, the effort my coach and staffs given, man, I'm just so so um, excited um, to to get that opportunity to step back on that field whenever it does happen. Live right now with the head football coach from Hanahan High School. Of course, he is uh, the man running the Hawks for the 2020 season. First time he's had some different colors on him in a long time, but he's going to do some great things there in the 3A level. He's got some uh, foes, of course, Oceanside, Bishop England, just to name a few that he'll get familiar with here real soon. Coach, I love the factor that you guys do get a chance to be around them because I think you're not only working them out physically, mentally, you're letting them know, you're letting them understand the fact that, hey, look, if you want to play, it's up to you individually to, to be the voice in your house and tell your family, tell your friends, look, do what you got to do so that we can have this season early and not wait late. How much do you guys have? And in, in, other than the stretching and the working out and that, I guess we're in, in, in level one right now, we'll go to 1.5 uh, on the third, right? What, what else is happening yes. there with the conversations with these kids, Coach? Well, I mean, you know, like with our receivers, you know, we can't have a ball with them. So, I mean, they're running routes on cones. You know, our guys are doing drops. Um, you know, we have, you know, some kids that, that get some film work done. Um, they're starting to understand concepts. You know, we can we can take nine kids 
at a time and get, you know, line up in formations and stuff. And it's just that, you know, watching it, I mean, let's not, I, I love being at Timberland and, and I love what happened there. But to watch the, the efforts and the commitment that not only our players are giving, but my coaches, I mean, my, I mean, you know, I got eight coaches, you know, that are there pretty much every single day and, and putting that time in with those guys. And, and, you know, we, like I said, we ran forwards the other day and just watching, you know, watching kids 40 times drop from when we were there and, and, and first of March, just kind of tell us some of the work they're doing. And, you know, and I get to walk around some and, and, and get to get to see some of the groups and, and you just watch them. And um, there's, a, there's an excitement level um, hand in hand right now. And, and I don't know how many wins that it's going to make, but I can promise you if we get a chance to play that, that we're going to, we're going to come after you a little bit. So, I mean, we're going, we're going to try to come get you. And, um, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm excited and proud to be a part of that group. Live right now, checking in with the Hennan Hawks, Coach Art Craig, the head football coach over there, getting ready for the season, whether it be in a few months or a month away or maybe a few months away. But let's talk about what the plan is. Because to me right now, I'm going with what's on the table. What's on the table is we're playing in September. I like that language anyways, Coach. But with that being said, it's still going to be kind of a different season. What's your thoughts? Again, any football is better than no football. But it looks like, and kind of tell us what your schedule looks like. All the region games are guaranteed, and then you got one or two on the non-region games, and then are they going to go into what they would say, I guess, a playoff towards a state championship if they can put it all in? Yeah. I, I think the plan is if, if we can go as planned, you know, we'll play the, the region games. You know, some teams, some, some conferences have five, six teams. Some have, you know, eight teams or whatever. And so those last two weeks are – are kind of built in for that. And, you know, we, we're going to play our region schedule, and then, you know, we're going to play Phillip Simmons on the back end of that, and then we're still looking for that seventh week. But, but you know, our staff's going to meet tomorrow, and we're going to, we're going to you know, we're going to meet as, as we're starting on August 17th. Because, you know, you got to think about it. I mean, you're going to bring kids in. You're going to have to figure out a way to stagger those kids in. I mean, you can't all of a sudden say, hey, we're going to have practice and have 40 kids in a locker room. So you're going to have to come up with a very detailed plan of, of bringing your kids, staggering your kids in, and, and bringing them in, so so you, because we want our parents to understand that. Look, just because they say we can play football doesn't mean that that we're going to throw all this out the window. And so we're going to have a plan where we're going to try to keep our kids safe, not have too many kids in the locker room at time at one time, you know, roll people in, which is going to put a lot of more pressure on our coaches. I mean, you know, you think about it. I mean, you know, from players to coaches to administrators, there's a lot of pressure on people. I mean, everybody making decisions about when to come back to school you know, when to play. And so I, I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of feeling, there's a lot of pressure on people. And, and so I think if we get to play, I think just the fact that being able to play football is going to give people a sense of, hey, maybe this thing's going to, maybe we're going to get to return kind of some normalcy as we go. And so, um, but we're, we're putting it, we're going to put in a detailed plan. Um, and then what will happen is if something happens and it's, it's like, you know, if it's pushed back a couple of weeks, then we could lose those last two. And I think the plan is they'll take the top two teams in the playoffs. Um, but and then after that, if it gets pushed back, I mean, I wouldn't. I'm not going to say we wouldn't play a season if it's not playoffs. But but um, I would hate for this senior group to not to have a chance to, if we could get lucky enough to be in the playoffs, to be able to represent and see what happens then. Live right now down in Hanahan, South Carolina at Hanahan High School. We do a virtual tour with uh, the one and only coach, Art Craig. 
the new coach over there running the Hawks, ready for a 2020 season. We're all fingers crossed in September. Now, Coach, let's talk about some of these dudes that we've been kind of quietly talking about without the names. But uh, since you've been there now, you've had some time. You've seen some of these guys mm-hmm. come out. Tell me some guys. Give me some names. Give me some people that I need to watch out for that we can kind of put on our radar here at Southern Sports Central. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kyle Buffalo um, is going to be a senior. He's defensive end, tight end, H-back. You know, he's Campbell's already offered him. Uh, Wingett's already offered him. Um, I think his upswing is tremendous. You know, he's about 6'4", about 225, 230. Um, Jonathan Shelton, um, quarterback, really, really, really has improved this summer. I'm really excited, you know, for him. Alex Herrick, you know, returning linebacker, H-back, just, just quiet, but just gets the job done. Really love him. Um, Braylon Smith-Moore, you know, slot receiver, outside linebacker towards ACL last year. And I think he's kind of one of those guys that kind of be your heartbeat of the team. And then you got people like Andrew Stewart, offensive-defensive lineman that is just, you know, long and, 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 and does a really good job. Owen Smith, Ben Anderson, all those guys are seniors. You know, and then you got, uh, you got Josh Shaw that's a returning running back and linebacker, 11th grader. I mean, you know, Josh probably 205 pounds. Um, you know, runs a you know a four six forty. Um, Parker Dykes and Justin Torres in that group, and then um, um, you know tenth graders is coming through. I think it's really done a good job. Connor Stevens and Nathaniel Parsons, but I, but this freshman group coming through. There's three kids that I, that I see that's going to be major players for us. Um, Ashton Drayton's going to be a he's a freshman. He's going to be a tight end DN. He's about six two, about 190 pounds, around four seven forty. And Cooper Smith's put in some great work, around four seven, but the and the one kid, and I'm going to tell you, he's going to be a freshman running back. And um, uh, Kevon Riviera, he's 197 pounds, and he ran a 4.5140 the other day for us. And um, he, uh, a lot of people don't remember this, but when Rock Harris King was with me, um, this kid reminds me a lot of him, and I don't want to put that on him, but this kid's going to be special, um, I think, if everything works out. I, I mean, he is he is legit, I mean, and um, – I'm excited. There's a lot of other kids, but just these that group there, um, you know, I think uh, it is really, really been there just about every single day. And um, I'm just, I mean, that group, they make me want to be there every single day myself. And um, and so I'm really excited for this group. Hey, Coach, this is uh, Coach Benton. I had the pleasure of coaching on the opposite sideline uh, from you for three years and also uh, – in, in film room with you when you were helping us out when I was over at Oceanside under Greer, you know, going through the playoffs and things like that. And you were a big, you know, helpful guidance to us and some of the playoff stuff. But, uh, you know, every coach, and I get the coach speak, you know, you're looking forward to game one. Uh, if you're looking forward to or looking at that region schedule, what's one game you have uh, kind of circled on, on your schedule is that, you know, th- this is the game that we need to – I know you need to win all of them. But, you know, is, is there a game on that schedule you have circled that you say, you know what, we, we need to go out there and beat these guys and establish ourselves as, as a first-year program? You know, I, I know that this is the first year for you and your staff at uh, Hanahan. Uh, what's that? Do you have that one team that you have circled on that calendar? Do, do you really have to ask that question? I mean, come on. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I mean, really? Do you really I mean, have to ask that question? Everybody, I mean, everybody just, lost so many not. players, coach. Come on, man. It's a, it's a, it's a new conference. It's a new day, man. Right, right, right. Yeah, and you're right. You know, when you go one and eight or one and nine, whatever you know, hand in hand did. You know, you, you're not going to look past anybody. But you know, you know, somebody said, you know, that's going to be tough if 
if we don't, if only they take only two teams. And I and I just looked at those guys. So listen, man, if we can't beat Oceanside and we can't beat Bishop England, then we don't deserve to be in the playoffs. And um, you know, I've been very fortunate as a head coach. Um, you know, 22 years, 21 of those years we've been in the playoffs. And out of those 21 years, only one time have we not been first or second. So you know, finishing outside the top two is just for us. I mean, I'm not saying that that it won't not it's gonna happen sometimes, but that to us that's not our mindset right now. And and um, you know, trying to teach those kids that 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 you know, every time we step on that field, it doesn't matter if it's North Charleston or if it's Oceanside, you know, when that we wanna bring it and, and and we want to make sure you understand why Hanny Hand's gonna be there. And and but but yeah, I mean, you know, Oceanside definitely is gonna be a um, obviously, a you know, a measuring stick for us. But, you know, I mean, you know, Bishop England and, you know, all those other guys, they're going to be there too. So, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, I knew you, I knew you were going to set me up whenever you did this. But, um, but yeah. <laughs> but actually, that's gonna... you know, I think the, the wild card in there is going to be Battery Creek. You know, they, they are a team yeah. that I think rebuild a good bit. They got some dudes moving up. And, you know, they, they, unfortunately, Beaufort County hasn't had anything going on practice-wise. And I think Battery Creek – is really going to be the wild card conference because they're going to feature some good running backs. They're going to feature some well, guys up know, front on both sides of the line and things like that. So I really think that's going to be the wild card. Well, listen, anytime you see Batty Creek on film, you just go, my gosh, you know, because they're going to have their quarterbacks probably going to be 6'2, and they're going to have some 6'2, six, 6'3 six, receivers, and they're going to have a couple of, you know, 300 pound linemen in there. And so, I mean, they're, going to, they're definitely going to split the part. Listen, I mean, you know, I mean, and honestly, I, I'm not trying to be cliche on this, but you know, yeah, we're worried about all them, but we're worried about Hanahan and and you know, worrying about you know the the thing that's tricky with this whole deal is when you go to a regular season, well, you know, you got those four or five weeks to, to get better. And what I, I told our kids a couple of weeks ago, listen, I don't know what what the high school league is going to say about when we're going to play, but here's the thing is. We can't wait to be ready to play in a couple of weeks. We have to be ready that first week. See that that's the thing is now there's no there's no hey let's break this guy in let's break this guy. No, we have to be broken in and and, and game ready that first week. Um, and if you're not, it's going to be too late to catch up because you may be looking. What you know the thing is, I don't want to ever depend on anybody else to lose for me to get in the playoffs. I want to handle my business, and if we handle our business then it doesn't really matter what you do. And uh, that's just the mindset that that we're trying to instill with those guys. And, and my coaches, you know, they a lot of those guys are, are experienced and so on as what we're moving for, so they understand that. So we're, we're going our, – our, our mindset is, you know, region play, that first game, that's playoff time. And that first game is North Charleston. So we got to be ready right then. We can't be ready two weeks later. We have to be, you know, September 11th, North Charleston, at North Charleston, it's on. Um, unless they tell us something different. So that's that's the mindset we're taking with that right there. Yeah, no doubt. And before I flip you back to Richard, I just said to ask you a question because we share a mutual fishing buddy. Uh, who's the better fisherman, you or Sean Wright? Listen, Sean Wright calls me to ask me where the fish are, okay? I mean, you know, so, <laughs> I, I, you know, but no, nah, Sean's a great fisherman, but, um, you know, I'm excited. I finally I burned up my trolling motor a couple months ago, so I got me a new trolling motor. If you have a boat, the thing that the problem with, with when you start to tinker with your boat, 
you don't fix one thing, you fix five things. So I went from fishing my trolling motor, and I was like, well, I need a new fish finder. <laughs> well, I need this. Well, I need that, you know. And so um, in about a week, I'm going to have my boat ready to go again. And uh, Sean and I spent a lot of good time fishing together. But, man, I, I, I'm going to fish circles around Sean now. I just got to let you know that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're live right now, of course, uh, with the head coach over there at Hanahan. South Carolina at Hanahan High School, Coach Art Craig. We're talking fishing. We're talking football. We're talking a little bit of everything here on a Sunday night in Charleston, South Carolina. It's summertime here in the low country. Football season is just a few weeks, hopefully, away. And then the season, less than that, well, a little more than that, Coach. Uh, you've, you've seen a lot of things before I get you out of here. You've seen a lot of changes in the game of football through certain things. We've had hurricanes. Of course, we had the smoke situation from the fires in North Carolina. But this is so much different, Coach. Where would you put this on one of the most unusual situations in coaching your kids, not only physically through this, but this is a mental game. They haven't been in class since March. You and I both know that this is uh, it's taking a different hit, not just in the weight room. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, this, this, you know, without a doubt, this is the most challenging um, year, you know, that that I've ever seen just because, you know, for me and, and every coach that's moved to a new school, um, you know, you bank on that spring practice time to see where your guys are and you bank on this and bank on that. And, and basically what I try to tell our kids, um, we need to worry about the things we can control. Um, we can control how many times we show up to work out. We can control how hard we work out. We can control how much effort we give when we work out. Besides that, you know, the rest of it, we can't control that. So, you know, let's worry about the things that we're in control of. And then, you know, the people that that need to make the decisions on when we play or if we get to play or what month we get to play, that's, that's that. And we can't worry about that. But we have to prepare ourselves um, right now as we're getting ready to play, start practice on, on you know, August 17th. So let's, con- let's worry about the, the things that we control. And, you know, but, but as far as, you know, the, the, the COVID-19, I mean, it's just been, you know, you, you just don't know. I mean, you know, the, the biggest concern I had is when we're supposed to start. Supposed to start is, you know, we had this big spike right after July 4th. Well, you know, people are about as stupid on Labor Day as they are on July 4th. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, we may, you know, we're supposed to have our first game on September 11th. You know, the, my biggest concern is what happens you know, if there's a spike after Labor Day and, and you know, we know people and, and there's probably going to be a little spike after Labor Day um, unless I'm missing the boat here or something. And so um, that's my biggest concern is, you know, if we get started and then all of a sudden, you know, we have to pull back some, you know, what is that going to do to the mentality of our teams, you know, coaches and teams and stuff like that. So that's that's the biggest unknown, you know, I think with this whole thing. Yeah, I agree with you, coaches. Uh, we're live right now in Hanahan, South Carolina, at Hanahan High School. The Hawks' new head coach, Art Craig, joins us here for a Sunday night sit-down here on Southern Sports Central, the second of many chances and opportunities we're going to have a chance to get in here with him. He's a little closer to the studio than he was the last so many years over in Timberland where he made quite a dynasty, built quite a program, and uh, now will come to Hanahan to do the same. And, uh, again, Coach, I- I'm with you, the starting, the stopping, the – you know, and they're already seeing that in certain areas. Some never even started. What's your thoughts on, uh, when it comes down to homeschooling? And, and this is kind of the final thing I'm going to ask you because 
I'm not 100% about Berkeley County. I'm a little more in tune with the Dorchester County because my children are in the Dorchester County area. But they have a chance. They have an opportunity, and I think it's the same in Berkeley, to either go home and stay and do their online learning there or go to school. But how does this affect them with playing sports? Is it okay for them to stay home and do it, kind of like a homeschool situation and then come practice in the afternoon? Yeah, I'm well, I mean, you know, technically, you know, like you're saying, you know, it's really, I mean, no different than if a homeschool student that was in our attendance area wanted to play football, they could. But, but you got to understand, if, if a kid decides to stay home, I mean, he is still in our system. You know, he's not considered a, a homeschool kid or anything. But, you know, that, that whole process is where parents feel comfortable, you know, is a, is, you know, if a if a if a if a parent's gonna allow a kid to stay home, um, then is that parent even gonna allow that kid to play football? You know, and so and my my whole thing with all that, you know, um, I'm gonna respect every parent's decision on what they do. And you know, we've got a couple of kids that started out working out with us, and and they haven't been here in a few weeks because their parents are concerned. And you know what? Um, that's not my decision. That's their decision. I'm gonna respect that and how they want to do it. Um, you know, and, and to each is his own and whatever makes them feel comfortable. The thing that we're going to do is we're going to try to assure our parents that when they are with us that, that we're doing everything we can to, to make sure they're as safe as they can be, and, 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 and then we're going to move with that. I mean, you know, the, the problem is no matter where you're at, no matter what you do, you can't guarantee people that, that, that they, may not, they may not get it. I mean, there's no guarantees on any of that. And so, you know, as, as a family, you know, what choices are you okay with? And, you know, if a parent decides that their child they're not, you know, thinking they should be playing, then, then I'm going to respect that. You know, we'll take and it'll be the next person up. So, I mean, I think, you know, people having a choice, especially right now, is a good thing. Um, and then, and, you know, we'll just kind of move from there and see what's going on with it. I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for, but that's how I feel about it. That's a great answer. As uh, we're live right now with Art Craig, the new head football coach at Hanahan High School, we're going to quit saying that, Coach, because you've been there long enough now. I think you've earned the right to just be in the head coach at Hanahan. We're going to after today that'll be your the name going forward. I got to be honest, throughout some of this interview, I'm sitting here listening to you, and I've heard Matthew McConaughey talk football on ESPN. He's a big Texas guy, right? And I'm sitting here going, man, I swear to God, Art Craig sounds like Matthew McConaughey on the radio. <laughs> all you need to do is, uh, you know, all right, all right, all right. And I think we're covered. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Here we go. <laughs> Coach, as always, you do a great job on this radio thing. So when you get tired of running sidelines, they actually feed us in football stadiums up high. But we'd love to get you anytime we can on the radio. I want you to send me your dudes. Give me these guys that we talked about tonight. If you got a few more, I'd love to talk to them. Uh, anybody that we can give them an opportunity to give them some exposure, but as much give them the opportunity to speak on air. That way when they go to a job interview, it's not uncomfortable. If they go to college and play at the next level, they're like, hey, we've been doing this for the last two or three years in Charleston. So anything we can do to help grow the program over there at Hand in Hand, Coach, uh, this is your show. Just reach out, or when I reach out, just come in and hang out with us. I got you, and uh, we appreciate it, and I'll definitely send you that. I think that's a great idea for these young guys, you know, because, uh, I mean, you know, a lot of young guys, when they meet, like, when they first time they meet a college coach, you know, we talk to these kids, you know, they, they don't even know how to, to shake a cat, you know, a coach's hand sometimes to look them in the eyes, uh, little things like that. And I think you're exactly right, you know, the more they can do this, the more comfortable they're going to be. And, 
And sometimes, you know, if we're both 6'2 and we're both 195 pounds, we both run four fives, how that initial meeting goes with people may be the difference whether they pick player A or player B. So I think you're 100% right on that. And we appreciate um, what you guys are doing. And, and I'm just, um, you know, very excited to be on here. And if uh, one day we'll, we'll, we'll definitely do this again. And I, I really appreciate it. Coach, any time and all the time that we're running here on Southern Sports Central, it's your opportunity to jump in here. We are going to plan a trip to Hanahan since you guys are practicing to come over, and I'd like a chance to socially distance, uh, you know, once this thing gets cleared, to say hello to these guys. That way when they see us in the street or we send them a message through Twitter, they feel just like family that they can reach out and say hello. But thank you so much for taking time away from your fishing spot and, and the honeydew list and everything else that you got going on today to hang out with us. Well, I appreciate it, man, and uh, and we'll we'll talk soon. Thank you very much. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, Thanks. the one and only Art Craig, who has done some amazing things here in the Low Country. He's been a hiding out up there in Timberland. Now, of course, he's hiding over there in Hanahan. It's a little closer to the city limits, but uh, he continues to uh, do great things. Uh, again, Eugene, I'll bring you in for about a minute. But uh, during some of that interview, I'm listening. I'm like, God, God, he sounds like he's from Texas, like Matthew McConaughey, right? Yeah, no doubt. And I was actually laughing when you mentioned the honeydew list. Um, he was actually, uh, I, I guess, cleaning out some furniture and, and putting some things on the marketplace in our local marketplace because where I am at in Park Circle, I'm just down the street from him, and uh, he was putting some furniture stuff out. So I guess she has him uh, moving furniture and putting things up for sale and making room and cleaning out, doing some late spring cleaning. So I kind of had a chuckle when you said he had, he was doing the honeydew list because sure enough today – he was over on the uh, Facebook Marketplace putting things up for sale and, I guess, uh, you know, clearing <laughs> things out for her and getting that list done because football's starting up, and we all know as a head coach, you know, th- those months you're, you're in, in season and getting ready for the season, those guys, you know, their their time at home is, is super limited. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, you just spent a lot of time, I can tell, we're friends on Facebook, which means if it's on the Internet, it's got to be true, so we must be pretty solid friends here. But he spends a lot of time at the Fox Bank Nutrition, and let's give those guys some love over there at 119 East Fox Bank Plantation Boulevard in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. You can reach out to him at 843-277-7857, or I believe you can check him out on the web at crazybroad.goherblife. Dot com. We'll put that out there on our social media because that was a, a mouthful. But, again, uh, the Fox Bank Nutrition. And these nutrition guys and girls are making a great living right now because when you're bonded to being at the house, ooh, it's a tough place to stay in shape because it's a little bit easier to reach over and grab what's in the cabinet. We're going to take a break. When we come back to the upstate, we go again. And we'll head this time to Greenville, South Carolina. at the Greenville High School with the one and only head football coach Greg Porter. Man, this guy's been killing it, doing it big from the, I would say, the Midlands, and now he's doing it big in the upstate. But next, he's going to join us on Southern Sports Central. Don't go anywhere, guys. a bit of a break from the norm just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control it's cool to dance but what about a groove that soothes and moves romance give me a soft subtle mix 
And if it ain't broke, then don't try to fix it. And think of the summers of the past. Adjust the bass and let the alpine blast. Pop in my CD and let me run a rhyme and put your car on cruise and lay back because it's summertime. Thank you for allowing me to be on your show, Richie. I appreciate it. And uh, 
Things are going well. Yes, sir. God bless you and your family. I know, uh, you know, it's been kind of the, the new norm of the unexpected, right? Expect the unexpected. That's kind of what we're doing here. But give us an update. Uh, of course, uh, Coach Porter, you and I had a chance to talk just minutes ago before you came in here. And you spent some time down at Hillcrest. We know you won that 2014 state championship. But you've been around the game a long time. So give us the resume, Coach, if you don't mind about, you know, where you've been and, and, and where you're at. And I know, of course, uh, these Red Raiders are going big places. But uh, give us a little history on you, Coach. <laughs> i tell you what, I've been multiple places. I coached in Jacksonville, Florida. I uh, had an opportunity to coach three years at North Greenville University. I've uh, been at uh, a few schools in the Greenville County. But as a head coach, I was a head coach at Southside. Um prior to my opportunity of getting a Hillcrest job, which I spent nine years there. And that was really a learning experience for me, and I really appreciate uh, Tommy Bell, the athletic director, and the administration for giving me an opportunity at that time when Hillcrest was a 4A program uh, before it ended up being a 5A program. But they gave me a chance, and they believed in me. They stuck with me through thick and thin, and um, – I had an opportunity um, after I won the state championship in 2014, and I had interviewed for a few jobs and got to a place where I just felt like, you know, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just settle down, and and the school that really wants me will probably come after me. And I never anticipate that it would be another Greenville County school. Um, so – I was interested in trying to step out of my norm, and I had the opportunity to go to Greenville High School and sort of get with some coaches that had that experience with me in 2014 and see if we can uh, ignite that fire that we had in 2014 um, at Greenville High School. And we just finished our uh, past season with them, and uh, we was region champs our first year there, finished the year 10-3. And we uh, fell short in the third round to the state champions, Ren High School. Look at there, just like that. We have uh, been educated on the one and only Coach Greg Porter, the head football coach running the Red Raiders of Greenville up there at Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, you heard that resume. It's impressive. He's done it down in Florida. He's done it at the college level. He was over at Hillcrest. He took a championship trophy home there as well. Success. Again, breeds more success, and he continues to do that with a 10-3 record. By the way, winning the region and uh, facing a very strong and powerful Wren team. And I got to tell you, you know, Coach, if you're going to lose to anybody, and we don't like to lose, right? I mean, losing is no fun to anybody that's a competitor. But if you're going to lose, I guess, the state champion, at least it feels a little bit better, right? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, does Wren now go down to 3A? What's the region look like there at Greenville coming up this year? Well, our region – sort of inherited two 5A programs, Lawrence High School and Greenwood, along with a very competitive powerhouse over the years, Greer High School, and an up-and-rising Eastside program that's really been turning around over the past couple of years. So our region is very competitive, and I will put it up against any region as far as how tough it's going to be. But I do believe Rand High School had went down to uh, the 3A level, and i tell you what, Jeff Tate and his staff has done a tremendous job with their program. You know, we yeah, we fell short to win, but I tell you what, there was some pride in knowing that we were the only team that kept them to 17 points the entire year. Uh, our defense played well, and, and our offense fell a little short that game, but I take nothing away. Wren had an excellent defense as well. I think it was overshadowed by the offense. 
but uh, Jeff Tate and his staff done a tremendous job. And now we are in this new, I call it the SEC high school region, where we have some power, <laughs> you know, you know, take nothing away from Greenwood, a rich tradition, a program with uh, a winning tradition of winning state championships. Uh, take nothing away from Lawrence. Lawrence is a powerful school as well. Um, over the years, you know, uh, Coach Liner has done a tremendous job with them and has moved on to Greenwood. And um, so it's going to be a competitive region. Coaches I'm a little familiar with, but, you know, it's different because it's down to the exit, not the, the, it's down to the Jimmy and Joes, you know, the type of players you have in your program. So um, I'm excited about it. I know my staff is excited about it, and we look forward to the challenge. Well, Coach, when you come in and you win a region, you know, you always want to go a step above where you were last year and no pressure. But state championship, that's got to be on the menu for uh, the appetite, at least coming into 2020. And we've seen a lot of craziness here in 2020. We're not going to get much into the vote over here, the vote over there. We don't control that. What we do control is uh, when we get told to play with, we go to play, whether it be on the air for me or on the field for you. Uh, what has been going on up in the Greenville area as far as you guys competing and, and practicing? Uh, did you guys get a chance to at least practice a little bit before they shut some of the state down? Or what's the state of mind in football in your area, Coach? Well, I'll tell you what, it was very unique. I mean, we had about a five- to a seven-day practice, depending on what day did you start your workout um, before the second round of the quarantine hit and we had to shut everything down. Uh, unfortunately, in Greenville County, we're not allowed to do anything, nothing. We have not trained our kids. We can't see our kids. Uh, it definitely put us at a disadvantage and behind the eight ball um, because there are some counties and some schools are still working out. So you try to pay attention to the teams in your region and get a feel for what what is their schedule. Are they on the same schedule you're on? or Did they stop? Are they still working out? But you can't control that. You can only control what you can control. Our superintendent and athletic director down there, they made an executive decision with the high school league that they think it'd be best that we don't train and that we will uh, kick off August 17th. Um, there is some concerns as a head coach knowing that you have three weeks, three to four weeks to try to get ready for your first game that is going to be on 9-11. You think about the health risk. You think about the heat, um, um, the, the the heat situation. Getting the players acclimated to the heat. So there are some concerns you have, and you try to think of strategy-wise. How do you prepare? How is this going to look this upcoming season? You know, so um, there is a little stress there, but there is some planning you have to have hopefully that you can implement to try to prepare your kids to get ready for that first game. Live right now, we're in Greenville, of course, uh, where the head coach, Greg Porter, with the Red Raiders, Greenville High School's own, checking in with us on the hotline, checking to us about what might be, what we hope to be, is a football season in the fall. That would be around September 11th in that mid part of the month, but less than three or four weeks of preparing, Coach, and we're concerned about this even in the month of January when these guys have multiple opportunities to work out, not just at local gyms, but in your own gym there on the campus of Greenville High School. But this not the case, Coach. And for me, you know, while I have concerns on the whole COVID thing, but I also now am starting to have just as many concerns, if not more, 
on the conditioning thing because here in the low country, we're below sea level, i.e. the low country. With that being said, Coach, I mean, guys were dropping down as if they just had their legs taken from under them for the first two or three weeks. So what are we looking for now coming into a season where we haven't had these young men in our sight, some women, because there are some young ladies that are playing some football on Friday nights here in the low country and then the upstate. But when does it come? I know as a father figure to many and all of your young men and even to some of your coaches where your job is to lead them not only on the field but lead them correctly off the field, Coach. How much is this being talked about within the coaches on the upstate when it comes to the humidity and, and having a very short window to kick it off in the middle of September? Well, sad to say, it's, it's very little dialogue amongst all of the coaches in, in Greenville and in the upstate. I think it's more on an individual basis. You may reach out to a, a friend or two, and you may just discuss the concerns and ideas of, uh, what's the best way to pursue it? How are you guys pursuing it? Because each school has its own unique personality and different changes, the parents' expectations and the parents' concern as well. So the goal is, number one, is the safety of the kids. Somehow you got to make that the, the number one priority. What is the safety of the kids? Um, and then how do you progressively go about without putting yourself in harm's way and putting yourself having a kid pass out on you. I mean, not only are you trying to prepare for a season, you're thinking about the COVID situation, and then you have to think about the health. Every kid in Greenville County is not working out. Every kid is not putting in the grind like we would like for them to. So it is those kids that you are concerned about the most. You will have that small nucleus of kids that's going to work out no matter what. They're, they're driven, they have a dream, they have a goal. And unfortunately, they may have to carry you and the program for a while until the other kids come up to speed. But as a head coach, my number one priority is going to be safety. That's my goal. You know, hey, it, it doesn't matter what play we run. It doesn't matter who we have. Um, the goal is to make sure the kids are safe. Live right now checking in with the head football coach over there with the Red Raiders, Greenville High School's own Coach Greg Porter. Coached some days on the college level. He's coached around the state of South Carolina, and guess what? He did it down there in the Sunshine State in Florida. So he's seen a lot of ball in a lot of places and even a few different zip codes along the way. But, Coach, you know, for me, and just kind of a, a, a thought before we get into talking about the Red Raiders and some of these big dudes that I know we want to brag about before we get you out of here, but – you know what I'd like to see come out of this thing? Because it seems like we need to get coaches, not just yourself, not just Art Craig or Joe Call or, or any coach across the board, even, you know, uh, all the way up there to the Dutch Forks coach. I mean, you name it. You, I wish there was an organization put in place to where you guys could have a Zoom meeting as all of the coaches and, and, and somehow have some type of dialogue that we could give to the high school league. Because let's be honest. You know, it's easy to talk about it when you're not in it. But you coaches, you're in the trenches. I feel like you guys should have the bigger head so and the say so when it comes down to what's going on with these young men and women on Friday Night Lights and some of the other coaches in their seasons as well. But we're talking football here. Instead of some of these, and again, not looking to throw anybody under a bus, Coach, but instead of some of these administrators who say, well, I used to be a head coach. Well, you know what? I used to own a boat, Coach, but I don't own a boat no more. So I can't ride in the boat I used to own. i got to talk about what I got. So my thing is, I'd love to see you guys <laughs> – I'd love to see you guys have a voice. I just 
I think that we're in a very different time, and I think Mr. Singleton's doing the best that he can do. I understand that. I wouldn't want to be him, period. It's heck hard enough to be me. But I just wish there was an organization, a, a group of somebody who could be an active, live, sitting coach today that could go and talk to you guys and then represent you guys these meetings because I just feel like they're not reaching out to some of you guys or all of you guys or whatever, but it, it, to get on the same page, it, it takes the guys in the trenches. Like we talk about the offensive line and the defensive line, and to me, coaches are in the trenches when it comes to the things we're dealing with right now, Coach. Absolutely. You, you know, be honest with you, I have no idea. I, I'm sure that uh, Coach Singleton has reached out to a few of the high school coaches and probably got their perspective on Coach Twido. Um, I know he's on a, a certain panel, and I'm, I'm sure they have had the uh, dialogue with the various coaches, but going back to what you said, getting all of us to have a voice, you know, getting all of us together to hear our concerns. Um, I'm sure they, they thought about it. You also have to take into consideration the legal aspect of it. Nobody wants to get sued. I remember going to the high school league uh, during the summer. We had the, the clinics in Charleston, and I took a class called How Not to Get Sued, Fired, and Arrested. That class truly impacted my coaching career. Um, how not to get sued, fired, and arrested. Probably one of the most powerful coaching clinics I have ever went to. And with that being said, in this situation, I'm sure not only the principals, the superintendents, the athletic directors around, they're all concerned about that part as well. Yeah, we, we would love to start football, but nobody want to be in a situation where uh, they're being held responsible and accountable for a lawsuit for pushing football over the safety of a kid. I agree with you. We're live right now with Coach Greg Porter from Greenville High School. He is the man in charge when it comes to that football program with the Red Raiders. And you're right, Coach. We're in a happy Sioux kind of country, if you know what I mean. You can sign all the documents. You can give me all the waivers you want to give me, but let my kid drop down. And trust me, I'm going to drop down another piece of paper right beside him as we walk off that football field. So I don't blame him. Again, I, and, and I understand it a lot more than sometimes I say so here on the air, but uh, when it comes down to it, Coach, uh, let's talk about what we do know. We do know y'all got ballers. We know that you guys won a region last year, and you guys got a lot of dudes coming back. Let's talk about these guys and uh, give me some names, give me some positions, and who do Eugene and myself here at Southern Sports Central need to put on the radar in the 2020 season? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to start with the 21 class coming up. We have a, a, a really great group of kids. You know, last year we it was getting your foot wet, trying to make your adjustments, but even after the season, I saw a change in the mentality of our kids. Terrence Gess is our linebacker. We consider him the alpha of the middle of our defense, an excellent kid who also have offers from North Carolina A&T. He got offers from Air Force, a tremendous student in the classroom and on the field, and we're looking forward to him uh, being such an asset to our program this upcoming year. Uh, in the 21 class, we also have Andre Goodman, um, he sort of shared the quarterback spot a little bit with uh, Prometheus Franklin last year, and it shows that he didn't start the entire season, but the games he did start, he made it count. The games he did get, he made it count, and he was offered, and he has verbally committed to App State this upcoming year as a quarterback. So um, that was really uh, – something we was proud about because so many times kids worry about starting, starting, starting. I need to have film, film, film. Well, that young man didn't have a whole season, but the games he did have, it was very impactful and it paid off for him. 
and he's doing an excellent job in the classroom as well. But in the 22 class, I, I find that we, we do have some kids like Colin Sattler, who has brought great attention to our program, multiple Power Five offers um, from Clemson to Penn State to Michigan to South Carolina, and um, recently this past week from the University of Alabama. He's a, a, a tremendous uh, junior. You know, he, he's 6'6", 300 pounds. He's strong. He's fast. He's flexible. Um, and he's an excellent leader. He's doing a tremendous job, not only on the field, but in the classroom well, too. And I, that's, I'm very proud about that. We we have Elijah Kelly, who um, uh, father who had played at Clemson. Uh, he's doing a tremendous job. He's a receiver that didn't play last year due to an injury, but this camp's coming in, too. He's a 6'5 wide receiver. We look in and expecting big things from him, who also was offered by Liberty University. Um Prometheus Franklin, um, right now, I tell you what, he's a one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks from my perspective. Uh, some consider him a pro-style quarterback because he did run as much as he, you know, but that wasn't his fault. It was the play calling. I take blame for that. But uh, he's a kid that's under the radar who has trained tremendously this offseason, and he's looking forward to having a breakout year this year. Um, there are so many players we have on our team that, uh, sometimes do not get the, the attention like Colin, um, like uh, Khalid Holland, our running back, and uh, Preston Lyons, uh, both our running backs come back. So we have quite a few players on our offense that's coming back this upcoming season. Defense, we have to rebuild a little bit, but I have confidence in my defense coordinator and the staff, uh, Terry Simmons, that will help us organize and coordinate and put the right talent on the field. He was with me in 2014, so he knows the philosophy and expectation of what we're trying to get done. Um, we just have so many good kids, but that's potential that's on paper. It doesn't mean anything if we don't stay humble and keep grinding and keep working, um, and, and that's my job. I need to keep them humble. Yes, you got an offer, but it don't mean anything. It's what you do in your high school career, finish strong in the classroom, whether it's e-learning or face-to-face, you have a responsibility in the classroom that you must handle, and then the football will take care of itself. And we as a staff and at Greenville High School, we would do everything we can to help market you and push you. We're fortunate to have uh, Aces and Aaron Scott, two kids who transferred in, um, who have offers, D1 offers. And, and I believe with those guys, it's going to impact our program to the highest level. And, and that's what we want to do. That's that's Greenville High School. We want to be one of the best, if not the best, high school program in Greenville County and one of the best in the state of South Carolina. Well, Coach, this is uh, Coach Ben down here. Uh, you mentioned a couple guys I want to ask you about. Richie and I were up late last night preparing for the show and, and catching up over the weekend and, and, you know, all the stuff that brothers do. But, uh, you know, so Andre Goodman comes with a – a famous name. Is he uh, tied to the Andre Goodman that played DB at South Carolina? Yes, that's his dad. Yes, sir. Okay, that's what we were wondering last night. You know, his dad was a – what a, uh, he was a draft pick and went to uh, Detroit, I believe, straight out of Carolina. Is that correct? I believe and he then, played on a few NFL teams, Miami, but Detroit was one of the last teams I remember him being with. And then another kid you mentioned is someone that uh, – you know, I, I don't know him personally, but I know his dad well and because uh, I graduated from Walterboro a couple of years ahead of uh, uh, Keith Kelly, and I know Elijah is uh, 
you know, like you said, coming back from injury. I know he's had some good things. I know you mentioned his offer from Liberty. He also has some track offers as well, I believe, to Virginia Tech. If, if, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't talked to Keith, and well, I still call him Keith in, in, in a few few weeks or so. But uh, I, I know we just had his uh, one of the coaches that trained him on from EPT earlier. You know, and he was the guy who's like, man, I expect this kid six four, six five. He's about to blow up. He's got a seven foot wingspan. You know, I'm sure that's a guy that you guys are scheming and saying, you know, we got to find a way to get this guy the ball. Absolutely. He had excellent speed, great character, great kid. Um, we, we're fortunate to have a few uh, players who fathers who played big time football. We also have Josh Sapp, who, whose father is Patrick Sapp, who played quarterback and linebacker for the Clemson Tigers. And he is 6'3", about 220. He played wide receiver. He played quarterback. And he a type of athlete that's nothing he really can't play. And I'm just blessed to be at a program where we have those type of genetics, those kids in our program that's playing. And um, I just love the chemistry they have. I love their attitude. I love the desire, the fact that they want to get better. They take it personal. You don't have to keep pushing them. It's in them. You know, um, one of our better players is only 5'7". And that's how Reese Huff, who was an all-region player, and I'm just looking for him to come out and, and have a better year as well. Everything last year was sort of a, a transition year for them. There's a culture shift that was taking place, and they was trying to adjust, but it was a young team, and I, I think we all going to grow together, and we're looking forward to this upcoming season. We plan that we do have one, and um, we, we must yeah. prefer our opinion. We must prefer to have it during the fall rather than the spring. And, um, and and I'm quite sure everybody had their opinions about it. My only knock about having the football season is in the spring is that the 21 class, those who did not get seen well and who really depended on this upcoming season to maybe get that opportunity, they're going to miss signing day. They're going to miss early signing day, and they're going to miss the next signing day. And um, you've you got to convince the coach that you were worthy of the opportunity to play in the school. And so, you know, that's what kids look forward to. They look forward to that, that signing day, that opportunity. That's their motivation. That what gets them up in the morning. So, I, I, you know, I know there's more to life than football, but I don't want to dismiss the dreams and the desires of our football players. Of our yeah, kids. no doubt. And, and you mentioned real quick that you had the guys that, you know, who come to your program or are in your program that have these, you know, elite genetics, you know, guys that played at high D1 schools. And, uh, and 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 dad's played in the NFL. What's that like being a head coach? You know, I mean, you got a guy whose dad played in the NFL, and you got one, you know, like you said, several of them that played uh, D1 football, Power Five schools. What's that like as a head coach? Does that actually make your job a little easier? Because those guys kind of here at home, kind of what's expected, or does it kind of make it a little more challenging just because of the pedigree they come from? Well, I tell you what, I've been blessed, and I'm knocking on wood right now as I'm speaking to you. Those guys have been great. They, they're not in your business. They're not trying to tell you how to coach their kid. They're not trying to tell you. They're not analyzing you and, and calling you over and telling you you should do this and do that, although they, I know they have been exposed to football. They know football when they see it, and, and, and maybe that's the thing that's keeping us. They know when a coach is coaching and when a coach is not. They're, they've been great. I have not had any problems. With. As a matter of fact, Josh Sapp, his, I mean, uh, yeah, Josh Sapp, his, his father is Patrick Sapp, who is coaching with us. He coached my quarterbacks this year. Um, he, he was coaching the D team, 
and he was just as loyal to those guys as anything I've seen. And I said, you know what, I need him to be up with me. <laughs> so um, it, it's just been a plus. Well, Coach, I want to thank you for the time that you've given us tonight on a Sunday night here in the Low Country to the Upstate, connecting the dots, if you will, building the bridge, so that we can learn a little bit more about what's going on, what's the secrets. Well, we didn't get any of those because we're not going to help any of the other teams out, but we do know it's no secret that the Red Raiders are looking big here in 2020 with a class of 2021. And, of course, uh, above and beyond that, you guys uh, will always be welcomed here, Coach. If you could – uh, kind of reach out. We'll do this off the air a little later this evening or tomorrow. I'd like to catch up with some of your other players, your coaches, anybody who could come on this radio show to, to just kind of, you know, hey, let's introduce them to the world. Let's introduce them to the listening base here. And, again, they work hard on the air – or, excuse me, on the field. I want to give them some air time here and uh, get to know them rather than an article you read or maybe a highlight you see. This will give them a voice for what they do, Coach. Coach, listen, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. And I, if I give me a second, I'll tell you what, my strength coach, Amos Lamb, his name Train Built Performance, he does a tremendous job in the upstate. He worked with not only our kids during the season, but during the off season, he can't work with our kids, but he worked with everybody else's kids. He worked and he'd drive anywhere to help any young offensive lineman that wants to get better. And I'm surrounded on the staff with a bunch of coaches with that attitude. We're going to do what's best for our kids. We're there to serve our kids to greatness, and that's I love the philosophy. I want to appreciate my principal, uh, Mr. Jason Warren, and my AD, Steve Scullamaro, for their support as well. Thank you. Well, Coach, again, as always, God bless you, your family, everything that you're doing, not only in the field but in the classroom and around the community up there in that big city of Greenville, South Carolina, Coach. Good luck. We'll talk soon because – this is going to be a new thing and a regular thing. So this is going to be the new normal. will be you hanging out with us on a given opportunity, and we look forward to it, Coach. Thanks again. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only head football coach, and we hung out with him for quite some time. Let's give it 32 minutes as he hung out with us, Coach Greg Porter from Greenville High School. He is the head football coach over there, Greenville, South Carolina, is the address. As you heard, he coached at North Greenville. He coached in the state of Florida over Jacksonville. He won a state championship over in Hillcrest. And again, doing what he does best, not just on the field, but in the community. And we want to always, and I mean always, take a chance, do whatever we got to do to reach out. And these guys are always willing to get back in here and hang out with us. So we got a break. We will reset. It's going to be a couple minutes here, the top of hour number three. Hopefully, and I said hopefully, Mr. Ingram's going to join us. He's the big man from Gaffney. He's got a few things going on. Again, it's not as easy as it seems, but we'll see what we can do. But we are going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up hour two, but we'll get into hour three. If you want to call in, you want to hang out, maybe there's a conversation you would like to have with us, we'd love to hear from you. You're a strength and conditioning coach listening, call in. You're a, I'd say, a trainer, call in. If you're a head coach, an assistant coach, Come on in. Let's hang out. It's Sunday night. What else are you going to do? We'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central. The number to call, by the way, is 1-323-784-9681. I'm going to give it to you again. 1-323-784-9681. Going to break. Coming back. Hour three. Right around the corner, guys. Don't go anywhere. The truth can hurt you. Or the truth can change you. 
What will truth do to you? I just wanna be happy But if I keep on doing the things That keep on bringing me pain There's no one else I can blame If I'm not happy Wasted time but now I can see The biggest enemy it was me So I'm not happy Cry yourself to sleep Shout and raise your hands It won't change a thing, child, until you understand If you're tired of being the same If you're tired of things not changing It's time for you to get out the way Don't get stuck in how you feel Take Jesus, take the wheel He knows the road that you need to take But it only works if Get yourself and say, Don't you wanna be happy? Yeah. I just wanna be happy. But if I keep on giving my heart for people to tear apart, the healing will never start. So I can be happy. Yes, Lord. Will I ever be happy? Cry yourself to sleep. Shout and raise your I'm talking to you to say If you're tired of Do you want to be happy? 
let him drive. Folks, looks like we're back for the eight o'clock hour. I think Richie is uh, over trying to work the phones, or we're trying to get the big man, the the number one defensive tackle in the country. He's up at Gaffney, but you know, with uh, schedules and things, I know the young man was trying to fit fit us in and uh, everything else. But uh, I know Richie's over there trying to do what he's got to do to get the young man on or, or work around schedules. Um, let's see if Richie's. Uh, I think Richie's back with us now. What's up, Rich? All right, buddy. Hey, man, so uh, first of all, uh, I can say this. Go back to the song that you just heard, and, and we'll never not play some of that good old Sunday night music or even on a Monday or Tuesday, but, man, motivation is, is the key. But putting the big Lord above us uh, here at the head of the table, uh, we, we've heard some good stuff here. And, again, you, you know, yes, we, we get it. We, we understand that, that, that football is important, but it's just something we're doing in the moment that we're in. You know, I quote Nick Saban because he says it's better than anybody, and that is we're here to get an education. We just happen to play a little football while we're here. And hopefully that's what we're going to do in September because I want to play football. Well, at least I want to call the games on Friday nights. That's, that's home to me. From September to December, you can always, always find me in a football stadium. That's just what it is. So, yeah, I agree. And I like what we had, and I want to thank – you know, uh, the coach Greg Porter from Greenville High School with a ton of experience who joined us for a little over 30 minutes, and, and that's one of many. Now we're part of the Greenville High School crew. We love it. We're growing every day. The Lord is blessing us every day with new opportunities, new conversations, and just so much new, making it the normal. I like that. And here we go. Uh, he, he mentioned some good things, Eugene, and that is, you know, you're right. There is an early signing period. There is a second signing period so if we play in january we end in april that could affect now i do have questions upon that because california and i could go through the list that we tweeted out from uh, a company that decided to break down the schools around the country that are not playing until january now california part of that list texas is sporadically doing things differently which is hard to believe that they're not all going to start at the same time within the same walls of their of their states, because here's the thing. If there's a state championship, I don't know how that works out. Again, I understand certain things, but, you know, I'm curious on my behalf is, is that is it going to be easy for the – or should the NCAA – should the NCAA get involved here and, and, and have something else to say about this? Because, again, it, it's we're, we're not dealing with it and that being this, the COVID-19 numbers state by state. Yes, Georgia is a big go. I mean, I think these guys are tackling. They're full-fledged. It's all green and no, no breaks. I get that. Not to say I agree with it, but I get it. But that doesn't mean the state of South Carolina or North Carolina or anybody else. And, and right now it feels like there's a lot of people waiting for somebody else to make the decision. And you kind of – again, I'm not going to quote Coach Porter, but I'll say this on my end is that – I feel, and that's Richie Altman feels, 
that somebody else is waiting for somebody else to make that decision because they don't want to make that decision. They don't want to say, hey, I said to play, and then little Johnny, we always highlight Karen for the ladies and Johnny for the fellas. <laughs> little Johnny's dropping down, and it ain't good. Well, that's what. Johnny's mom and daddy are good. But you know what? I think Karen is Johnny's mama, by the way. Let's break that down. And I think Karen's going to come over and give you the stinky eye, and it's getting ready to come with a piece of paper. And I, I think, Eugene, that's kind of where we are with this thing. I do think, and we talked about this today in church, and a lot of people in church that, that I was at today, uh, you know, I had a chance to be the door greeter, and that's always fun. Watch out, guys, at Walmart. I like that spot. It's a good spot to be, to greet and meet and say hello to people, but socially distanced. But the, I, the thought process, Eugene, is that once we get these kids back into school, then it's going to open up the opportunity to get some more things opened up. Now, I believe, again, not quoting me, that Berkeley County, if you are a middle school or a high schooler, you can opt to do one or the other. But if you're in the grade one through five, you got to go to school. That's not an opportunity. And I don't know, Eugene, I know you kind of dibble-dabble in some different school districts, but uh, that's not the case in Dorchester County. But I hear that is the case in Berkeley County. Plus, if you do go to school, you got to sign a waiver. Yeah, and, you know, Charleston County had the legislative delegation uh, – do a live zoom last uh, Thursday during our show. I was trying to flip back and forth because, you know, whether they go to school or not, you know, kind of affects athletic some. So I was kind of trying to tune into that as well. Um, you know, right now there isn't a final decision on, on Charleston other than it appears they're going to start school and whatever that means on September 8th. Now there appears to be an option of virtual only and an AB day instead of a, a full on, you know, five day a week schedule. So Charleston County, which is the second largest school district in the state and behind Greenville County, population-wise with students, is, uh, you know, is still up in the air. And, you know, my understanding from the Charleston County folks is, you know, they don't have to make a decision until 30 days out. So right now it looks like school will start September 8th for Charleston County for the public schools. You know, like you said, that said, though, um, I have been part of a charter program, and I know coaches and kids that go there you know, over at Oceanside, and, and the plan for that school is to start, uh, I believe it's August 18th, virtual only for a little bit. But, you know, like you said, you know, some counties, some uh, charter schools, the Skeezer schools, they're practicing full board. Talked to a bunch of them today. You know, that they're already implementing plays. You know, they're getting ready to put helmets on next week. And, you know, that it, it's almost somewhat, I'll say, somewhat normal. But now we also saw that Skeezer's already canceled week one. And, you know, their schedule seems to be, like I heard, the overwhelming thing today from coaches around North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, uh, was that, you know, here's the plan. However, you need to be flexible because it changes week to week, day by day. And that's just, you know, unfortunately, that's the time we're in because of the situation. Uh, you know, it might be called up. The kids might be called up, you know, to start next Monday. We don't know. Um, and that's why, you know, when we mention all these trainers and kids putting in the work, they just need to be ready. They need to be ready when their name and number is called, when they get that text message or Insta team or, or, or Planet team or whatever they're called saying, you know, you guys report, you know, it's up to them. They, they also need to be doing some stuff on their own. You know, I, I heard today where a coach mentioned that, you know, there were kids that didn't have uh, access to a weight room. So they did other things. They, uh, there was one that took some buckets. I heard about today, took some buckets and a little bit of concrete, uh, put a, uh, a PVC pipe uh, in, in each bucket, put a little concrete, and kind of made like a, a barbell with it, 
uh, with some concrete on the end for about 50 pounds and had kids, you know, doing some squats and doing some bench presses and doing some curls with it. And, you know, no matter what the situation is, I feel like all kids can at least go outside. Maybe they can run. Maybe they can jog. Maybe they can do something else. But I do feel like, you know, some of the kids probably need to take a little self-ownership uh, and, and parents, and, and they can start get out and doing some some activities where they run or jump or things like that. You know, we had some several trainers on earlier in the COVID experience uh, back in April and in May, and, and they gave kids on, on, on air, on our show, you know, some things they could do inside the house to get ready for when their number and name's called, to, you know, to show up and be ready to go. So, you know, some of it, I, I think athletes and the Greenville coach, Coach Ford just mentioned that, and he said, you know, you know, we see a lot of guys out working, and there needs to be a little bit of accountability and they see it in those guys that have that dream to go to the next level. They're seeing it, you know, with guys who just take ownership of, you know what, I, I can't go to the school because of the situation that's out of my hands, it's out of my coach's hands, it's out of the trainer's hands, but they they know their, their dream, they know their end goal, and they still find ways to get in some type of work. Now, it might not be the same type of work that they're used to this time of year, but it's some work. So when they come by, come in, they're not completely behind the eight ball. They might be on top of the eight ball, but they're not completely behind it. So, you know, I'm looking at, and I, I'm assuming college recruiters are looking at those dudes. And, and, and like you mentioned, some girls, I had a girl kick field goal for me. I know the Daniel uh, Daniel team had a, a female kicker. I know um, Woodland had a female kicker last year. So I don't want to say dudes and discriminate against everybody. Uh, so I'll just say athletes. Athletes need to be out there finding a way to do something to get themselves prepared. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And the one thing that I can tell you, because I see these young guys down in Beaufort, they, they constantly, you know, do a phenomenal job keeping me in the loop by tagging me in their tweets. And, you know, of course, Mr. Eman down there, they got that that offer from South Carolina. is uh, a massive up-and-coming sophomore. This kid is huge. Uh, you know, this kid is flipping, like, miniature cars down there in Beaufort County. And this kid is the real deal. And I, I think the Gamecocks are, are going to have to keep feeding this kid positive conversation through email or through uh, whatever it is. They're going to have to do what they can within the rules that they do. But, but I will say this, I have seen more because I, again, I, I see more challenges being made, Eugene, of uh, how do you get creative? You know, there used to be a day where you would take a milk crate and you would put sand in it. You would wrap it on a broomstick and you would have to do curls that way. Sometimes you got to go to Lowe's or Home Depot and you got to buy some extra bricks and, Hey, do what you got to do, but you got to get you got to get some accountability. You got to get some credibility, and the only way to do that is to do it yourself. Nobody does it better than you. And at the end of it all, you can say whatever you want, even if you're in school. To you, it's up to you to do what you do. I remember even as a young child, and I don't like to do the Al Bundy throwback days, but for me, you know, my dad he traveled. He worked for the government. He worked for FEMA, so he was gone at times. He would give me a bucket of baseballs. He would put it down beside me. He said, you're a good athlete, but if you want to be a great athlete, you'll take this bucket of baseballs. I went down there, and I got you a, a sheet of plywood with a tire, and you'll throw this bucket of baseball every day to it. And that's what you'll do. And then my mom, she would sit there and, and put it into a pitching machine because I had a, a batting cage in my backyard, and, and I would hit baseball. And that's how it happened. But my dad said, hey, you're going to go somewhere. It just depends on how far and where you go. Accountability, credibility, and character. 
Eugene. I think that's kind of the conversation. And this is where, guys, we've been telling you this all summer. This is where I don't care what you tell your coach, what tweet you put out. You can tell us you lift 315, but, brother, if you get in there and you struggle pushing up 210, ooh-wee, it ain't looking good, Eugene. Yeah, no doubt. And I did some stuff that, that you mentioned, man. I uh, played a little second base, and I, I also had the plywood with the spray-painted target, man. And I worked constantly on, you know, just having someone throw a ball at my feet, throwing balls at the ground, maybe, maybe a hop at me so I could just pop up with that ball and throw, you know, that slide step to my left and throw that sidearm throw where I had to hit that target. And I would make the target smaller and smaller and smaller you know, where it was kind of like a, a, almost like just the size of a baseball bullseye on that piece of plywood leaned up next to a tree or to a bucket, you know, and I, I got tape measures out and walked the steps and everything else. And, you know, I would I would have people throw, you know, my brother and whatnot, throw the ball at my feet on, on purpose or over my head, just just different things so that I could just try to do something when, when something else wasn't going on. And I will share experience, uh, something that came up um, – late Saturday night, and that was uh, a coach. Uh, everybody know a lot of people who have been part of the uh, Walterboro slash Calden County program, and uh, Coach uh, G.M. Kinsey, Reverend G.M. Kinsey, he passed away. Uh, I don't know all the details on, on, on the reason and why he passed, but he was a guy that, uh, from my understanding, thinking back to the 90s, he had had some experience playing with the Patriots. And, you know, he was a guy that, you know, you can't do that now, but he was the kind of guy that if you stepped out of line, he'd kind of go upside the back of your head. You know, he's just kind of that dad dude at the school. And, um, you know, he came up to me one day, and he, I'll never forget, he looked at me and he said, man, you and you and Neil, Crossroads. I said, yeah, yes, sir. And he said, you know, you need to find – you need to come out to the Sandlot team because you need to find a more useful use of your time. Because he knew I was probably hanging around with some dudes, doing some stuff, partying a little extra that I shouldn't have been doing and things like that. And, you know, Coach Kinsey was like, you know what, you need to get your butt up here. If somebody needs to come down there and pick you up at the river or whatever, you know, we'll do that. But you need to get your butt up here doing a more useful thing than, than doing some of the stuff you've been doing. And, you know, it's just it's guys like that that can kind of get in your ear. But at the end of the day, you got to push yourself to say, yeah, I'm going to go do it and actually show up or find a way to show up. Or, or you know, and, and we didn't have cell phones. We could text a buddy to come pick you up or whatnot. But, you know, it's the way it is. But, uh, you know, I, I, I there's so many things out there that I think kids need to be focused on doing and it's sticking out it's sticking out who's doing it and i know some kids are like well i don't have to put my stuff out there on film and maybe you don't but like the coach said and like we talked about that first day it's going to be noticeable who's been putting in some work who's been doing something because some dudes are going to be sitting 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 there gas hands on the hips hands behind the head throwing up whatever you know need those extra 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 water breaks and things like that it's going to be obvious when it comes because it's going to come in August in South Carolina. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, again, we do have a, a program change here. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not sure Mr. Ingram they were going to make it here tonight, but we'll reschedule them. Guess what? We got three days of shows, and that's going to be Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and we'll even be on Friday. So he may be in Charlotte Friday. If he is, we'll put him on the radio, but we will accommodate these players. They have other things going on. They have family things going on. So that happens. But here's the good news. Just approved and ready to roll at 830, we're going to go check in with the guy that hit the most home runs at the first annual Southern Sports Central Home Run Derby, the one and only Darren Kraft, who was committed to play at Erskine College. He will check in with us at 830. 
that's going to be exciting because uh, this young man, not only did he hit more home runs, he hit him off his father, who, oh, by the way, I think his dad actually hit him in return. So, uh, so much cool stuff that happened. Eugene did a great job. There were so many great jobs with Frankie Mansfield that covered it. Uh, of course, Kevin Bellagic covered it. So many parents and family members and, and those in the community, those traveled from wherever to get there and socially distance, did it the right way, shows that we can do this, guys. We can definitely do this, and we're excited to be able to say that next year, and I feel bad for the guys this year, but at least they got something. But next year, not only are we doing a home run derby, we're also doing a all-star game. So it's going to be quite an interesting deal. I've already been on the phone this weekend with coaches all around the state of South, or excuse me, the state of the low country. I didn't say the state. At least I didn't mean to, because here in the low country, we're focused on the guys here, whether you're 1A or 5A, we are going to give your young athletes a chance to do something special. I can also kind of tell you that we're working on another project. I can't get that out yet either, and it's going to be epic, and I mean big-time epic, as uh, we're going to continue to do what we can do to be a part of the, well, I would like to say the positive, right? Let's be proactive and not worry about the reactive. And what we are going to continue to do is do that. But, Eugene, uh, looking forward to getting here with Darren. He just sent me a message and said, hey, man, I'm ready to go. I said, okay, 830, so we'll definitely check in with that guy and – uh, these guys are all playing baseball. They're still playing baseball. And, again, I want to play baseball in the spring because that's usually when they play. But I want to make sure they play. I want to also make sure that football happens, whether it's in the spring or in the fall. I, I just want it to happen. All right? I, I didn't enjoy sitting in my house cooped up in March, in April, in May, in June. You know, I actually this weekend stretched out a little bit. I went to three different places and actually – socially distant, enjoyed myself. And that was kind of the cool thing is that people are starting to do what they need to do. Hopefully this is a sign, Eugene, to getting in the right direction, and we're moving in that direction to getting this country up and moving again. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm looking forward to uh, Big Darren. And like you said, you know, it, it was awesome. And, you know, you know, you mentioned the article Frankie put out, and that's kind of what we put it together for was to give those uh, – 2020 seniors, a last chance to don their gear. And, you know, he had mentioned it on the air. It was just such a great opportunity to wear his high school, you know, gear one last time. And even more special was to have his dad throw BP to him and to win that tournament. Uh, a couple other players had their coaches out throwing to him. You know, one uh, guy, Gray Sobel, who we've had on the show, who's going to the Citadel, had his younger brother, who's a uh, up-and-coming pitcher. He's a rising sophomore. He threw BP to him. It was just such a great family type atmosphere where you know we brought them out on the field a couple times to kind of tip their cat and uh wave to the parents and grandparents and friends and classmates and coaches out there it it was such a great opportunity to do that and you know i mean we're doing a first time thing we learned from from some bumps in the road we're looking at making it bigger and better next year you know and i know you've mentioned the all-star game that we're trying to add in and things like that so you know really looking forward to what we're building here because you know, at the end of the day, we do it for the athletes. We do it to showcase them. It's it's not about you and me. It's not about Southern Sports Central. Uh, we're just a platform. It's about these uh, young men and women and, and the opportunities that they have to compete, showcase their skills, and hopefully you never know, man. It might just be an opportunity for them to showcase something and be seen and, you know, possibly open up the door to get to the next level. You're right, Eugene, and, that, and I think that's the headliner there. Again, this is a platform. This is an opportunity. This is, to me personally, and I know Eugene shares this as well, this is something that we felt 
that God moved us in this direction to do something and give back. We've all played the sports. We've all done the things. Back in our days, we were a little bit older than some of our guys, of course, that listen, or maybe definitely the kids that are playing now. We played three sports. It wasn't a one-sided deal. It wasn't a focus on one. No, we played three. I'm a true believer that three-sport players end up becoming the kind of guys that you want in your job. Those are the kind of guys and girls that you want to work for you because they can handle multiple things. I also think that if you play basketball in the, in course, in the winter and football in the fall and baseball or track in the spring, that you're using different parts of your brain. You're allowing it to open up and see different things. You're challenged in different ways. You're giving certain parts of your body a rest to do the same thing over and over and over and over again. It doesn't even sound like it's a good thing. So that's just something that I get all these kids, and I watched a lot of things when it comes to the baseball, and I was coaching there for a while. But, you know, I, I, I'm even though a baseball guy and a football guy, and, you know, I'm starting to enjoy the running, you know, three or four miles a day and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, even that stuff, you don't want to do it every day. You, you don't. It's not good for your body. So uh, we'll talk about that on another show. We are going to take a break because when we come back, it's time to check in with the whole run Hero, the young man who hit a bunch of bombs off his dad's. He put a lot of balls in the water, and uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about his experience and how much hopefully he enjoyed it and much more as you're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. Really quickly, I do want to get you guys to follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central and on Twitter. That's right. We're over there tweeting away right now at SO. Sports Central. Eugene, of course, is uh, doing a phenomenal job, guys. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the home run hero, the man, the myth, and the legend, Mr. Darren Kraft, coming up right after this, guys. With a little love and some tenderness We'll walk upon the water, we'll rise above the mist with a little peace and some harmony. We'll take the world together, we'll take them by the Come on, touch your hair. I said. 
And welcome back, everybody. A nice baseball intro for the man, the myth, and now the legend of the first annual Southern Sports Central 2020 Home Run Derby brought to you by our friends right here. Eugene, of course, did a great job. And how about the guys up at Shipyard Park putting it together? Of course, uh, the G team, Mr. Tyson, did a great job on the mic. I mean, it was quite the night over in Mount Pleasant, Carolina. And without further ado, before I bring him in, I want to give some love to Gurns Pharmacy. Located at 140 South Main Street, downtown Somerville. You can find them on the web at gurnspharmacy.com, or you can reach out to them on the phone at 843-873-2531. And since it's a baseball conversation, you got to talk hot dogs. And they got the best hot dogs in the land with some of that chili and uh, everything you don't need, but go ahead and do it anyways. It's uh, COVID-19 2020. It's the year to just let's get it done. Now, let's head to the line and check it in right now. Dan. Darren Kraft checking in. What's up, Mr. Kraft? How you doing, buddy? Hey, how's it going? We got him there. Hey, buddy, how's it going? How's life in uh, in Home Run Derby Land, my friend? Congratulations, you won the first one, man. So uh, you can always say you might have won the second or the third one, but I always uh, will be known as the man that started this thing off. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thanks a lot. So, of course, uh, you're heading uh, at some point. We'll talk about this at some uh, here in the interview here in the next 10 to 15 minutes uh, to Erskine. But before you did that, of course, uh, you did some great things over there at Oceanside Academy. Uh, I know they talk a lot of football over there, but let's be honest. You guys have been hitting some baseballs uh, since you got on campus, and they're going to keep doing it because it's another great program on the campus uh, with, the, with the Land Sharks. But uh, tell us a little bit, man, uh, what was the night for you when you got the call and – of course, I know there was a lot of individuals that reached out and said, hey, look, we're going to do a home run derby. Uh, what was kind of the first thing that went through your mind when uh, you heard this opportunity was coming? Um, honestly, I was not planning on doing it just because of, like, hearing all the rumors around, especially in the MLBs, that calling it the home run derby curse. And just me personally, I did not I did not want to get that. It just messed up my swing because especially – because I've been doing really good this summer in travel ball, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to mess up anything I had going in. But, you know, I had conversations with my dad about it, and Tori Tyson kept bugging us to do it. And I was just like, you know what, it's a one-time experience. You got to, I got to do it. So my dad was like, you know what, if you want to do it, then it's on you. But if you come out of there with a messed up swing, it's your fault. So I was like, all right, then. So we just pulled the trigger, decided to do it, and it was a lot of fun. And what made it even more fun, by the way, Tori, I know you're listening, brother. We appreciate you nagging him to death, and I know that's what it took to get some of you guys out there and being a former baseball player on the different levels, man, I understand and I respect it. But uh, you not only won the home run derby, you did it on the arm of your father, who, oh, by the way, hit you with a baseball. We'll talk about that, too. But how yeah. great was that? And I think they, Frankie Mansfield did a great job covering that over there, not pleasant, uh, with the Moultrie news. But to have your dad there, to have that final moment wearing that Oceanside gear, I mean, you were given more balls of bass than, than I've seen in a long time, man. It was quite an impressive um opportunity to watch you just slam it bat after bat swing after swing yeah no for sure um i mean yeah thanks to frankie for sure he had an awesome article he sent out about my father and i with the home run derby but um no yeah he's my dad's been throwing to me my whole life and i'm just i'm just used to his his speed and if i tell him to speed it up he would if i tell him to slow it down he would and we've been practicing for a couple of days for this home run derby and he he's known my whole life where i like the pitch and which pitch i hit the best and which one I hit the long ball with. So he's been, he put it right there for me almost every single pitch. So he, um, he did it perfect for me. Yeah. 
And yeah, you bounce them off of uh, the lights, the scoreboard, the boat going by, a little kid in the left corner. I mean, you were hitting everything as if it was a uh, it was a video game. It was quite interesting to watch. And man, I, I saw you walk out on the field, and I think to myself, well, I know the offensive line, the defensive line at Oceanside is pretty big, but my God, this kid here should have been a linebacker. For those listeners, <laughs> did you play football as well as baseball? So I played football for around four years, and I want to I want to say I stopped playing when I was around 11 years old. And the reason why I stopped is just because I I didn't I wanted to take baseball more seriously and just focus more on that and not worry about getting hurt in football. But I did I did want to pick football back up going into high school, but my my mom was just always worried about me getting hurt, especially since she's a nurse and she's she's been in, she's in a rehab center over at Roper St. Francis, so she knows what it's like dealing with patients that have had injuries and she's just not wanting me to do that and to take baseball more seriously. She just wanted me to focus on that. Well, buddy, it seems like it's working out because uh, we're live right now with Darren Kraft. His craft is hitting home runs. At least it was on a uh, nice, beautiful Tuesday night over at Shipyard Park. Uh, Eugene, I'm going to bring you in just a minute to give us some of those stats, if you don't mind, uh, with the amount of home runs this cat was hitting. And I remember when you hit that final one, you looked at dad and you said, we did it. <laughs> I mean, it was, to me, it was uh, having a few sons myself, man. It, it was it kind of touched my own heart to see that that connection. Even your teammate there, Grace Sobel, who knocked out the young man who I really thought, in all due respect to everybody, I thought it was going to be you and Jed Hudson. That kid was slinging him out of the park in the first round. But here comes uh, Mr. Sobel, and he, he just stood firm and head of the ground, and here we go in all Oceanside final. And uh, How cool was it to go against a, a teammate one final time? I know you cats probably – grew up playing against each other and finally got a chance to probably play together at one point. You know, that was, that was awesome, man. Just knowing since uh, Oceanside's considered one of the smaller schools, since we're only a two A school with, I want to say around roughly like 600 kids and going up against kids from school schools that have thousands and thousands of kids. I mean, and just seeing that both, both of us were in the finals, it's just, goes to show you that, I mean, we can hit the ball, our school, we got, we have a very good baseball program and, I don't. I don't think people should look down upon us in any way because, like I said, we we can hit the ball. So having both of us in the finals, I would hope would prove a little bit of that. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm going to tell you on behalf of baseball, here's the thing: <laughs> you can be 4A, 1A, 2A, whatever you are. You better bring your game because uh, in baseball exactly. it's a little different, man. Even. You see that in, in the Southern Conference and the Big South and these smaller baseball schools, and you're heading to Erskine, right? I mean, you're going to a school, quite frankly, that it may not be the Gamecocks. It might not be the Tigers, but I bet you one thing. I watched you guys. I think that's the first time I met you and your father, actually, was at that game between Charleston Southern and Erskine as they were scrimmaging in the fall last year, right? And uh, the oh, conversation okay. about, um, you know, hey, look, playing baseball is playing baseball, and some of the better guys come from some of the smaller schools, and I'm excited, number one, at where you're going. But when you kind of put it all in perspective, why Erskine College? And talk about your major, because education to me is just as big as any home run you ever hit. So, I mean, going to all these camps and stuff, when I went to Erskine, just the connection I've felt with the coaches right off the bat was awesome. And they accepted me right away. And once I got the offer to myself and once I put the pen to paper, they just treated me like family right off the bat. And the campus itself, I love how it's, I love how I can focus on school and baseball and um, my major I'm going in for health science and I'm trying to do that and see where I can go with the medical field and see how far I can go with baseball as well but you know at the end of the day school comes first so trying to get a um, major in health science 
possibly go somewhere in the medical field with that. I'm not exactly sure what, but just the health science in general, I love learning about the body and different muscle groups, bones and stuff like that. And just all that good stuff. This is uh, coach Ben, you know, I've coached at Oceanside for a couple of years. Now I know going into that, uh, after the first round, you went last and uh, coach Tyson and I kind of, you know, kind of did some crap shoots with the lineup with who goes first and whatnot, and we kind of drew things out of a hat and whatnot. Uh, when you saw Jed hit the 16, I know in the article that Frankie put out, you said that's my competition, uh, you know, and it ended up being you against a teammate. As the things unfolded in front of you and you were kind of batting last, you know, where did you see uh, yourself? And I know you mentioned in the article again that you kind of took a strategic approach. Talk to us a little bit about that strategic approach. Well, uh, going, you know, the first round, how they had it separated by groups. I think it was like four batters of, or three groups of like four batters or something like that. But uh, the first round, I was just swinging until I got my outs, and I don't remember how many I got. But the second round, I just had to get enough to get into the semifinals. And I think I hit, I want to say four, and that was enough to advance me. And I wasn't finished with all my outs yet. And Tori said something about, you can either keep hitting right now and go, or you can just, because I didn't want to waste any energy going into the final round. Well, no doubt you hit 14 in the first round, by the way. Um, that was only second place to Jed's 16. But uh, you're, you're 14 in the first round. And, again, you know, for those listening or, or those who may not have read the article, there were a couple that uh, landed in the drink, so to speak. If, if you're a baseball guy, I know you've seen the park out at San Francisco where they would put them into the bay. Uh, a couple of yours went into the Wanda River just like Jed. So, you know, and, and that's the thing is when we're looking at the guys, you know, kind of on the – in the dugout there when you guys were getting stretched and kind of warming up and whatnot, it seemed to me that you two were kind of the, the biggest physical guys. Uh, so my understanding is you're about what, six two two twenty something like that. Yeah. Around there. So, and, and also too, when we were looking at um, the lineups and kind of the, the bios, I know uh, you sent me or you sent Tori and Tori forwarded me the bio, it, you know, it, it mentioned that you were a corner infield player. Now, my understanding is that the corner infields would be both third and first. Uh, is that kind of where you're looking at playing at Erskine, or have they talked to you about a set position, or are you just kind of going in and saying, you know, I'm just going to play wherever, wherever I fit? Um, as I know, I'm, I've, I've gotten recruited for third base, but, I mean, third or sec, first base is my backup, so I could, I could go there, of course. But, I mean, if they need to move me somewhere else, I'm willing to train for that too, just trying to fit in the roster, you know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. And then uh, so some people had asked some questions about the uh, the home run derby. Um, you know, Rich and I hosted the one, and I'm sure you heard about that out in uh, Somerville. Uh, when you got to the park and saw that 390 dead center field, and then uh, what, what was the first thing that came to mind? I mean, I'll admit it is a little intimidating, but I wasn't too worried about it because, like I was talking about earlier, the pitch I like is on the – inside part of the play and I get majority of my power by pulling the ball to the left field so I didn't worry too much about that because I was just hitting to the left side where it's around roughly 320 and all the pitches that were down the middle that I could hit up the middle to the center field I just took because I didn't think I I wouldn't be able to hit it that far well no doubt and we actually you know as you saw we moved the home plate up a little bit to kind of what we tried to do is mirror as much as we could to the Somerville home run derby they're uh outfield with 315 corners and center field is kind of a straight line wall so what you had to deal with was a 340 dead center with that big green monster out there um 
you know, have and I think you had messaged me and we tagged Erskine. And have you heard back from your coaches at Erskine since the uh, home run derby? I actually did, yes, sir. They were just congratulating it on me and just saying how that's awesome to hear that I did all that stuff. And they were really supportive about it. That's awesome. Well, I personally ordered that trophy. Uh, where is it at? Did, did Dad keep the trophy, or, or did he allow you to keep the uh, the big gold cup? Right now it is on the mantle above the fireplace in the living room. <laughs> so we look at it every day. <laughs> that's awesome, man. <laughs> So, so that tells me. So, so should I reorder the same trophy? It, it, was that was that a good thing? Oh yeah, that's awesome, man. And I, I know your uh, teammate there, Gray Sobel, is a guy that I, you know I've I've been around for four, uh, three years. He played football at Oceanside and baseball, and uh, you know he had that smaller trophy for second place. Do you have have you uh, given him the business a little bit for walking home with what they what you guys deem the second place pocket trophy? <laughs> I mean we. We've been we've been laughing about it. I just thought it was hilarious how he just can fit in his pocket and stuff like that. But I mean, he's been he's been congratulating on me. He's been a really good teammate, supportive and stuff. And I, like I told him, I was happy that I was facing him in the finals too, because like we were saying, it's nice to go up against a teammate. But um, yeah, no, he got he was we were just joking about this trophy sizes, yeah. No doubt, man. And uh, so when do you leave for Erskine? Do you have a date yet? So, as of now, it's the 14th or the 15th. They're supposed to assign me a day, but they haven't really told me that one yet. No doubt. And uh, so, for people who don't know, um, Oceanside is actually a state charter, and that's kind of under the umbrella of Erskine. Uh, Were you able to take some of those college classes, and are you uh, transferring some of them up there? Yeah, I'm transferring a couple over there. So, are you coming in as a as a freshman class wise? I know playing wise you are, but are you coming in as a freshman, or do you have enough credits to kind of qualify for something a little better? I'm still coming in as a freshman, yeah, for school and sport. And, and so the 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 uh, you mentioned the the sports medicine and, and possibly looking at something in the medical field down the road. Uh, did your mom have some type of influence in that? I know you mentioned she's a nurse and. Uh, you know, if you want to give mom a shout out and then uh, tell us kind of what she does for a living, that'd be kind of cool to hear. Uh, give mom a little love on the radio since, uh, you know, dad kind of got some of the attention with you out there throwing those uh, meatballs that you put over the wall. <laughs> yeah, no, my mom had a good factor in it because she's been in the medical field her whole life as well. But honestly, I think it had it's more of um, my oldest brother, Dean. He's 23 years old. He's been growing up with cerebral palsy and seeing him go through all that stuff and just knowing I mean, I was young when he used to go to physical therapy all the time, but just thinking about it nowadays, just the fact of helping people and giving them separate workouts to build body strength back up really gets my attention. So helping people like that, I think, is very touching to me. So I, I would love to do that and be take part of someone's life in a good way like that. And one final quick Man. question before I hand you back over to Richie. Um, you know, when you looked at the lineup and you saw, like, guys like Sino who, who has a ton – of uh, publicity coming in, he, you know, he's going to the University of South Carolina, and you saw all these other guys going to some of the colleges. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure you're an athlete, and you weren't intimidated by that. But you know, how do you feel walking off the field knowing that, uh, you, you know, you beat the likes of uh, of guys like him? I mean, honestly, it's awesome. But I mean, it doesn't matter where you're going. At the end of the day, you still got to swing the bat, hit the ball. So that's how I view it. And 
that's just what I did. I just put a good swing on it, fortunately, and caught the backswing of the ball and let it go. But like I said, at the end of the day, you just got to hit the ball. It doesn't matter where you're going. Well, brother, I tell you what, man, you have done a great job representing your family, of course, the community, those over at Oceanside and us here at Southern Sports Central. What a great interview. You're pretty good at this thing, man. I got to be honest. If the uh, the medical field doesn't work, man, you, you got a job over here with us. We'll put you to work in the baseball fields, and you can cover the baseball side of life. I do think it was funny when, when Eugene, we brought the trophies out. Eugene was like, well, um, I, I've got this trophy. And I was like, well, that's nice. But I got this other trophy. <laughs> I said, I've heard the world's smallest violin, but this has got to be the world's smallest trophy. It's like, uh, it's kind of sarcastic. But I, I thought it was funny, and I know that, of course, uh, Mr. Sobel, uh, enjoyed. Hey, look, he got something to take home along with all the memories and the smiles. Uh, I wish you and, and, and all the best of luck you can. The only deal that we make with you guys when you do stuff like this is that when you go to Erskine College and you go to do the things up there, I know there's a McCurry over there, and uh, there's another young man from uh, Somerville that's going to be joining you over there as well. Uh, we hope that you guys stay in touch with us. Keep us up to date, man. Let us live kind of those moments over there with you guys and, and give that publicity opportunity here for uh, your new chapter in life, Erskine College, of course. And, uh, again, congratulations. Job well done. And the final question I got, have you played any baseball games? And I think you have, but just to make sure, have you played any games since the Home Run Derby? Um, I have not, actually. We had a – my summer ball team had a tournament this past weekend, but I had some stuff going on at home, so I wasn't oh. able to make it. Gotcha. I knew you had – I knew there was an opportunity, but I was just curious, how about that swing? So, uh, look forward to it, buddy. Anytime you get home, anytime you're around, reach out to us. You got our numbers individually. You come on the air anytime. And hey, I appreciate you. Congratulations on getting that high school diploma. That's a big deal, by the way. And hey, you got a little extra uh, opportunity. I don't even know if Dad's going to let you take that trophy to school with you because I think he's going to claim it. But that being said, tell Dad I said thanks for participating, and tell Mom thanks for letting you play it because it really I know who's the boss over there. So it all goes through Mama's house, and trust me, it's like that in all of our houses. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, buddy. God bless you, your family. Stay safe. We'll see you soon, buddy. Congratulations. Thanks for representing Southern Sports Central at the first annual Home Run Derby. And like I said, you will need to come back to hand off that trophy next year to whoever wins it. And it's going to be a little bit bigger field. So uh, I appreciate that in advance, my friend. Oh, yeah, for sure. Thanks, thanks, y'all. I really appreciate it. All right, buddy. Take care. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The one and only, the home run hitter himself of the 2020 class, and he does it in fashion. His last name is Kraft, and his Kraft is hitting home runs. He did it in uh, big time. Eugene, how many home runs did he totally hit? Do you have that number in front of you? I hate to put you on the spot, brother, but uh, I, I know he hit a bunch just in one round, but totally in each round combined, was it over 32 home runs? Well, he hit uh, 14 in the first round. Uh, he only had to hit four in the second round and stopped. You know, he took that uh, break. But then going into the final round, uh, Sobel went first. Sobel launched one. He hit several line drives that just didn't quite clear the wall. So as soon as he hit the second one, but there was a little bit of, I don't want to say controversy, there was one that may have been or may not have been a foul, and the young man just sat back there at home plate and basically announced to uh, to our MC at Tory that, you know what, I'm not taking that. And the young man just said, you know, I'm going to win it when it's not in doubt. And he left no doubt when he launched that last one over that left center wall and just kind of dropped the bat and ran to dad and gave dad, you know, that big fist bump, high five, hand slap, hug, and just, you know, he knew that it was done, that he and dad had put together right. the final performance on the field 
in front of everybody, and it was a it was a, a hell of a moment to to witness, and uh, it was a great cap to exactly what we put together, and that was to give these young men an opportunity to represent the school, you know, and to be there with family. Yeah, it was a great job, and and I want to thank, and I'm going to go through the list uh, here and uh, tell you Bishop England had two young men that represented well, West Ashley with two guys, James Island with one guy, Wanda with two, Berkeley with one, and Oceanside had three guys. And how about academic magnets? This young man comes up and said he's going to save the world. When I interviewed him uh, during the uh, in-between breaks, and uh, I believe his first name is Kadar. I'm not sure if I don't want to mess his last name up, but uh, this young man is heading to play uh, at Williams. He's heading to Williams College in Massachusetts. How do you say his last name? Veerswamy. Veerswamy. He comes from from a heck of a pedigree. You know, I have – I have two children, academic magnet, and we can discuss all the academic rigors and everything else. But to be able to play uh, 3A ball and, and to compete at that level, he also competes with some of the travel teams. I think he was on uh, one of the Canes or, or, or one of those uh, travel teams as well. You know, and, and the kid has big shoes to fill. His father is a world-renowned neurosurgeon. And so, uh, you know, He's got big things, and when he says he plans to save the world, you know, no doubt that he has that influence and that push at home and that drive to not only succeed in athletics but also in the classroom as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. And in behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central, mamas, we appreciate it because I understand, uh, you know, my mom, she had a big deal whether I was going to go to college or get into the draft, and she said, look, you get hurt, you got to get an education. Of course, unfortunately, I still got injured in college. But nevertheless, uh, that was one of uh, a few times that Mama ran uh, that ruling stick, and, and it stuck. So for all of us here, we appreciate it. It was a great turnout again. Looking forward to it in the 2021 year, right, with that class. And uh, all eyes are going to be on, I, I can tell you, Mr. Cole Messina. Uh, we'll put you on the spotlight right now, dude, because I already know, you know, as, as at Wando, they were looking at Mr. Sino, right? I know they were looking at Jed Hudson. Uh, on the Berkeley side, and, of course, Darren Kraft. Those were the top three big dudes that were coming out. And, you know, when you got that offer, like he said, though, and I got to be honest with him, and I said it to him earlier, uh, you know, when Darren mentioned this, Mr. Kraft said, look, it doesn't matter where you play ball. You still got to swing the bat. You still got to throw the ball. You still got to execute. And uh, we've seen many a times the Citadel beat the Gamecocks. We've seen other teams beat the Tigers. You know, you've seen it in, in, in regionals or super regionals where the smaller teams do some things. You see it even in basketball. But baseball, it's a little different game. It is a little different. You know, it's not like football where, you know, very rarely you see Georgia State's running up in, into Tennessee and knocking down uh, the Volunteers. Or you see App State coming into South Carolina beating the Gamecocks or the Citadel beating the Gamecocks, and I'm going to leave the Gamecocks alone. But uh, you, you see it happen, and it doesn't happen often. But, boy, oh, boy, when it does, it's a big deal. Tonight has been a big well, deal, a and I want to take some minutes. I am a victim of it. Yeah, you can tell a little bit about that because I tell you what, yeah, we didn't exactly. see that coming and uh, we over we overlooked it. Yeah, no doubt. In 2000, man, when we were both at Carolina, you guys were rolling. Number one, the nation had won 25 games in a row. Uh, you know, you look at that schedule. You were 25 and zero and had that. I think it was a Wednesday night game. You probably remember it a little right. bit more than me because it was a little stink. Was that game against Elon? You know, and uh, you know the coaching staff or whatever. You know, Coach Tanner. Went with some other guys, you know, playing and pitching and whatnot because we had the killer bees, you know, with the starting three on, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and uh, dropped the game against Elon and went on to win like 20 more in a row. But you never know. And I think baseball is that sport where 
you know, the, the big boys can be beaten. We saw that with my beloved Gators, you know, a couple of years ago in the College World Series where uh, Coastal Carolina came in and knocked them out, you know, won the national championship, put up the big trophy. And that's on the big stage. You know, I know Coastal football, you know, they play in a conference where they don't get to play for a national championship so much with, uh, you know, like a Michigan or a Florida or whatnot. But in baseball, you know, it's set up that way. That's why you see the Pepperdines and the UC uh, Fullertons and, and schools like that. And Wichita State make, making these runs in the College World Series because all they do is create that stage similar, you know, to the NCAA basketball tournament where small schools get that opportunity. Sometimes they knock off the big boys, and that's exactly what happens in baseball. Some days, you know, the pitches are made and the hits are, are there and, you know, the, the quote-unquote smaller guy knocks off, uh, you know, David defeats uh, Goliath. It happens, and it does happen in fashion. And tonight, we feel like we accomplished that tonight with having multiple coaches in here from different areas. Of course, we had uh, starting off at 630 with Mr. Bobby McGowan. He is a former high school, college, and like you mentioned, he played some pro ball as well. Played a lot of big things, doing great things, but now he's giving back to the community and doing that as a vice president, but a huge contributor with the wide receivers and tight ends with the EPT football program. He mentors the men around that community, and we have invited the entire EPT group down to Charleston. We'll find them a field. We will do what we got to do to get them acclimated and activated here in the Lowcountry. Of course, uh, we thank him for his time, Coach uh, Bobby McGowan. 7 o'clock, Art Craig for the second time, and it's going to come in many times. From Hanahan, South Carolina, Hanahan's own Hawk head football coach joined us here, talked a little fish and talked a little of this and that and some more stuff. And, again, want to thank him for his time for coming in here tonight, updating us and kind of getting us in the loop with some of the Hawks that are coming out. It's going to be a good season. They're in that 3A football. So is Oceanside. So is Battery Creek. So is Bishop England. I mean, it's going to be quite an interesting season. Then we went to the upstate to Greg Porter. He's got a state championship from Hillcrest. He won the region last year with Greenville. The Red Raiders did some big things going 10-3, and three, third round, but met the team that won it all, Wren. Oh, it was a tough one, but a great one. But he coached, of course, at North Greenville. He coached in the state of Florida. He's done a lot of things and educated us here about his dues. And we're going to get a lot of those guys on the radio. And then wrapping it up, we talked some baseball with a man who's heading to Erskine College. And without a doubt, he is, as his last name, Darren Kraft. And his Kraft was hitting home runs the other night in Shipyard Park. I want to thank the guys from Shipyard Park and all those ladies and gentlemen from the media, from anybody who helped, even if it was a conversation, thank you. Thank you for letting us be a part of your afternoon, your evening, and be a successful program, and we look forward to doing it in the 2021 season. Now, we are working on some stuff with some other dudes, and I'm going to tell you, keep your ears open, follow us on social media at SO Sports Central and on Facebook at Southern Sports Central because we're going to come back live Tuesday night I'm lining up players as we speak from all across the state. So it's going to start being a little more friendly with players and coaches. We're going to quit talking about whatever's going on with the plays. We're just going to go ahead and start the conversation in the season now, right here on Southern Sports Central. Eugene, great job tonight. We'll do it again Tuesday night at 6 o'clock, buddy. No doubt, man. Thank you for everything. And, uh, you know, I just enjoy this platform. Glad to support you and all you do. And what we do as a, a team here at Southern Sports Central, you know, stay safe. I'll talk to you uh, a little bit. And uh, tomorrow we'll start working on Thursday's show. Hopefully we'll have a good driver who will let us uh, run the show while he's uh, driving us up to Charlotte. We haven't talked to him about that yet. But <laughs> if he's listening, we're going to put it on him to, to be our uh, driving Miss Daisy kind of thing. 
No doubt. It'll be a fun one, guys. But before we do Thursday, we'll get to Tuesday. All that said, God bless. Take care. And until next time, we'll see you then. Tuesday night, 6 p.m. sharp, right here on Southern Sports Central and Blog Talk Radio, guys. Take care. There's so many people that live vicariously through you. I would give anything tonight to jump in one of these uniforms with you guys. And do something I never had an opportunity to do. My father never saw me play. You play for your father tonight. That feeling goes away. It goes away, and it doesn't come every Friday night. It comes when you get married. It comes when your child's born. So you get it. But you just don't get it every Friday night. You're going to miss that more than anything in the world. That's what I miss. And so you seniors that are focused on college, you're focused on your work after high school, what you're going to do next, you're focused on tomorrow, aren't you? You've got plenty of time for tomorrow. But these tonights, they're going by fast. You focus on tonight. This is about you guys. This is about the guys in this room that care about each other, that know there's only so many more of these nights left. It's about you. They're a faceless opponent. They just happen to draw the short straw tonight. Now get your asses ready to play. Win on three. One, two, three. I feel that you. Smell that fresh cut grass I'm back in my helmet, cleats and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle, listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall They didn't let just anybody in that club Took every ounce of heart and sweat and blood To get the widow's game day jerseys down the hall The kings of the school, man, where the boys are fall Well, it's turn and face the stars and stripes It's fighting back them
what we would say to young kids. Learn to dream. You can accomplish anything you want to. What a wonderful time in your life. I get excited when I see kids playing in the, in, in the backyard or um, at the schoolyard. Uh, the, the advice that I would give uh, a group of seven-year-old, eight-year-olds would be to have dreams. It's okay to work at those dreams, do whatever you can, but just have fun and, and there's nothing wrong with dreaming big. I just like to see kids when I see, especially the younger kids, and when I see them playing, I just hope they're having fun. Football lessons we learn as kids and all continue to apply through the rest of your life. Life is a team game. It's the big game. Anybody can be a leader, can be excited, can be first in line when things are going great. The test is when you battle through tough times, when things aren't perfect, where do you stand? Because you're not... Make it happen! Go! 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 Woo! Wear that with pride one time! You can't be quiet! You can't be unemotional! This is an emotional game! On that day, and at the end of your life, you look in the mirror, and you know you know, I gave it all I had, and I gave it for a worthy cause. You think about what that means. You think about what it means to be on your last play. This is my last play of football ever. My last play. How do I want it to be? How do I want to be remembered? Number one. Play play. Number two. Play play. One, two, three. Last play. 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 Somebody wants to do some leadership out there. Now we go. Come on, hit. Tell them the leader. You said samples in the tackle place with that.